Hello, everyone, and welcome to this very special edition of Blah Blah Podcast. Uh, if you downloaded this episode, you already know what this is uh, by looking at the title. Um, and if you don't, I'm so sorry for you people who just hate movies, because this is all we're going to talk about. Um, I'm Sean Smith. Um, as many of you know, I am the quote-unquote film snob of Blah Blah Podcast. And I've looked everywhere. I've scoured the earth looking for what I would consider an equal, if not greater, film snob than myself. And ladies and gentlemen, I'd like to introduce him to you. I introduce Eric Wacker. Eric, how you doing? I'm doing great, Sean. How are you? I am fantastic. I got my big-ass protein shake next to me, and um, it is quenching whatever uh, thirst I need for this whole episode. And actually, I'm, I'm almost done. That's going to be a problem. <laughs> but uh, I am good. How are you doing? I'm doing great. I'm just out here in beautiful, sunny Los Angeles. Oh, yeah. Los Angeles. That must be nice out there, isn't it? Uh, you know what? It is spectacular, and it is way better than New Jersey. Mm. Well, thanks for reminding me. Um, yes. <laughs> <laughs> you, uh, obviously, are, as you said, are on uh, the West Coast, which means that most of these movies that we're going to be talking about, you'll be able to see, and I won't. So, good luck yeah, with that. Yeah, you know, and that is uh, one of the only benefits I get from being out in Los Angeles, because I am here in Hollywood, but... You're probably making way more movies and being way more active in production than I am. Uh, not really. <laughs> You're out there making tits and blood three, four, <laughs> five, six. Yeah, yeah. Um, we'll we'll see. <laughs> yeah. uh, we're kind of in uh, pre-production hell, but anyway. Um, so hopefully uh, we will both be able to see all these movies that are coming out. This is, as, uh, you could see on the title, the fall preview show. So we're going to be running down all of the, uh, top movies. And I say all of them, because some of them we don't need to talk about. In fact, no one needs to see, um, all the main fall movies that are coming out for the rest of the year. Oddly enough, uh, for some reason they consider September films part of the fall season, which is odd because isn't fall technically at the end of September. Is it? I always considered uh, September fall. Really? Because I I, 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 I mean, think, I don't know the exact start date of fall. Because I think uh, winter starts in like mid to late December. I could be totally wrong. Okay, I mean, so you would know. You, you live in perfect weather place. The is the 22nd. Uh, okay. 22nd. So technically three of those, three of these movies don't count. <laughs> but we're going to talk about them anyway. Um, so anyway, listeners will just have to deal with it. Yeah. Deal with it. You downloaded it. You know what you got into. Um, so anyway, we're going to start with our first movie, which actually comes out next week. Oddly enough. Um, this is a prime Oscar bait. If I've ever seen it, uh, we have Sully, which is the new Clint Eastwood movie, um, about the, I don't have his name here, but it's, uh, the, the, his name is Sully. <laughs> the, it's basically <laughs> the, the true story, quote unquote, of, um, of when Tom Hanks landed the airplane. And uh, basically, it looks like uh Oscar buzz movie, if I've ever seen one. And uh, Clint Eastwood, obviously, I think his last movie was uh, American Sniper, which, I mean, was very, very well-received, but also um, very well-received at uh, nomination season. So anything to say about uh, Mr. Sully? It looks bad. Do, do you really think it looks bad? You know, it looks like a typical Clint Eastwood movie, and I love Clint Eastwood from like 1960 to 1992. 
Oh, so and after Unforgiven, you just gave after up After Unforgiven, yeah. It just, I mean, he did some good stuff after that. You know, I like Mystic River and uh, even Gran Torino, but <laughs> <laughs> he just hasn't made a good movie in a long time. Yeah, he's very hit or miss because he does direct so many movies now, especially at his age, which is amazing. Um, but he is very hit or miss, kind of like um, some would say even like uh, how Woody Allen is right now. He just keeps pumping out yeah. films. But the difference is, is that uh, Clint Eastwood, um, sometimes he, he goes for quality or quantity over quality. Um, and I feel like this is one of those. And, and this this story had been optioned for a while, too. It was only a matter of time that he got his hands on it, and then they brought in Tom Hanks, who doesn't quite look like the guy. Um, no, not at all. Maybe Tom Hanks 15 years ago could have, but Tom Hanks is a little, um, how do I put this slightly? Um, he's a little heavier than he used to be. <laughs> and if you've ever seen the guy, the guy looks like a, just a normal old guy with a mustache. So, um, And uh, everyone's favorite, Anna Gunn, is in this movie, apparently. Um, oh, I, don't I didn't know. even know that. Yeah, I don't know who she plays. Probably the uh, angry wife who um, no one likes. That is kind of her uh, her role, her typecast role. Oh, no. She, it says here she's playing Dr. Elizabeth Davis. I don't know who that is. I don't know. And I probably won't find out because I don't know if I'll be seeing this one. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. Well, let's move on from there then. Uh, the next movie coming out... Um, the following week, September 16th, is, I think it's just Blair Witch. Is that what they're going with? Just Yeah, I think it's just Blair Witch. Just Blair Witch. Not the Blair Witch or Blair Witch Project, but just Blair Witch. Um, now, you and I are both horror fans. Um, this is true. Uh, I really don't know about this. I mean, I like Adam Wingard. I think he's good. Um, I just don't, I don't know if I can trust a Blair Witch sequel. Right. We've seen this. You don't want another Book of Shadows. Yeah. Although this is going to probably follow more towards the, I mean, it's literally linked to the original movie. You know, it's, it's the guy looking for the, his sister who was from the first movie. I forget her name. Um, Heather, right? I don't, I honestly don't remember. It's been such a long time. (laughs) Blair Witch really doesn't have a lot of rewatch value. So I can't say I've, I've gone back and watched it any, any time recently, but, um, I'm very curious. The trailer makes it look like uh, regular horror just nowadays where it's just random jump scares and nothing going on. And I know he's better than that. So I'm hoping that they actually do justice with this. Yeah. You know, I'm really excited for this one. I have the utmost faith in Adam Weingard and uh, his writer, Simon Barrett. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I love everything they've done, even like the... Uh, their first movie, like How to Be a Serial Killer, whatever it's called, mm-hmm. up to your next, and The Guest is amazing. Uh, and, you know, I actually haven't watched any trailers for Blair Witch. Okay. Uh, when I, when there's, like, a, a filmmaker that I have this much trust in, like, I feel like I don't even want to see anything because I just, I'm already sold. Well, it's so also going to go in. Yeah, it's also smart not to watch most of the trailers nowadays anyway. Because yeah. they, they just show you everything, and, and then by the time you go to see the movie, it's like, well, I saw that part, I saw that part. I know that part's coming up, so I'm waiting for that. Mm-hmm. Um, well, you know, the in- most interesting thing about this one is that it was a secret that it was even yes. Blair Witch. Uh, what, they announced that at Comic-Con? 
Yeah, when they did, they didn't even really announce it. They just had a screening for The Woods, mm-hmm. quote unquote, and then everyone discovered while watching the movie that it was in fact Blair Witch. Oh, they they actually showed it at Comic-Con? Yeah, they showed it at Comic-Con. Oh, wow. And so like they had like posters up for The Woods. Uh-huh. And everyone went in thinking they're seeing The Woods. They go in the movie and then they come out and all the posters have been changed and they say Blair Witch. Hmm. And then that's when it was announced. Interesting. I, now, now I have to look up to see if there's any Rotten Tomato score for this because uh, clearly people yeah. have seen it. Okay, it's at a 100% so far. Um, only eight reviews, but uh, interesting. Yeah, I read a lot of like reactions on Twitter and it seems uh, seems like it, it went over really well. Mm-hmm. So, you know, I'm excited for it. I'll see it. I mean... I can't guarantee I'm going to be racing out to see it, but you know, I'll see it eventually at some point. Yeah. Um, anyway, moving on, uh, coming out the same, uh, weekend, very similar movie, uh, Snowden, (laughs) um, (laughs) the, uh, latest in Oliver Stone's political real story dramas. Um, are you, are you excited for this? Cause I can't say I am. You know, I'm not like excited. I'm not like, you know, ready to run out and go see it. But I think I will go see it. At some Oliver point. Stone, yeah, at some point. You know, Oliver Stone at his best is really, you know, he's a, a unique, special filmmaker. Mm-hmm. The Snowden, I mean, Edward Snowden is such a fascinating character. And it's just like a great story for a movie. Yeah, and I, I mean, Joseph Gordon-Levitt's a good good actor. So he could he could probably pull it off, whatever they yeah. need him to do. Um, I just hope we don't get Savages, Oliver Stone. Right. Um, and that is the last movie that he did, um, followed by, or previous to, uh, Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps, which may be <laughs> the worst subtitle in the history of film. Yeah. Um, and I believe before that he did W, I think. I think so. And I love W. I, thought, I think that movie is hilarious. I thought it was very, very critically underreceived. Yeah. Um, and I, Josh Brolin's great. He's great in that movie. Um, didn't I don't think he got any love during award season. But uh, no, I don't think so. But it should have. It was, you know, I think it was too timely. I think maybe if he made yeah. it ten years later, like it would have gone over better. That's true. I I could totally see that. Um, so yeah, I mean, I'll there's another one. Like I'll end up seeing it at some point. Uh, I'm just not going to rush out for it. Um, but you know, hey, when Oliver Stone's on, he's on. So yeah, I'll, I don't know if he wrote this one. Um, a lot. He's he's been stepping further and further away from uh, writing his movies. Yeah. Uh, quick IMDb check, and oh, okay, he's he's a co-writer. Okay. So well, what? you know, when he's when Oliver Stone is doing something political, it, it, it's worth a watch. Mm-hmm. You know, because he's just like one of the most savvy and just like most even you know i'll just say most opinionated political filmmakers out there yeah and you know whether or not you agree with his politics he's going to have something to say have you seen um i don't know if they play it out there but um he's in he's doing these new commercials for theater chains where it's in conjunction i think with the movie where it's him sitting in this chair and he's just like you know uh conspiracy guy like they're, they're everyone's you can get onto any cell phone or whatever 
just uh, complete uh, trying to scare you, and he's just like, silence your cell phones before the movie. <laughs> it's like such a weird. <laughs> that is bizarre. Like yeah. he's such an odd choice because he's not even like a director you'd recognize normally. You recognize the name. I don't know if yeah. you recognize him himself. Right. Um, also, odd note, I'm just looking at the IMDb cast here. Uh, Nicolas Cage is in this movie doing something. Yeah. So I might be there day one. <laughs> <laughs> that's all it takes. That's what it takes to sell you on it. That's all. That's all I need. I need Nicholas. And you, I think Oliver Stone would let him go as far as he wants to go. So I am all for that. And, you know, I wonder, too, because this is like a serious drama. Mm-hmm. But are we going to get serious Cage or because it's Oliver Stone? I could just totally see him being crazy Cage. Well, could go either way. Yeah. I mean, isn't serious Cage just toned down regular cage i mean it's uh, he's still kind of out there i don't know he's got he's got modes you know like he's got different modes like i would say joe nick cage and joe is way different than mm-hmm. nick cage and uh bad lieutenant well also i don't think in joe he was uh, on drugs the whole time <laughs> so i think that has something to do with it yeah but um now i'm losing my train of thought um God, I was, say something, I was about to say something about Nicolas Cage. I can't remember. So let's just move on. Um, okay. Now, I know you're excited for this one. Uh, September 23rd, we have the long-awaited remake of The, the Magnificent Seven. Um, yes. Directed- this is actually my most anticipated movie of the fall. Really? Yeah. Please explain, because I need to hear this. I love Westerns. I love the director, Antoine Fuqua. Denzel Washington is maybe my favorite actor. Uh, and it's just, I've been watching trailers and stuff. Like, I've been watching. So I just said that I don't watch trailers for movies I'm already sold for. Mm-hmm. But I'm a hypocrite. And I've been watching every little scrap of footage about this movie. Uh, just because I'm so excited and I love the cast. Well, Except, oddly, Chris Pratt. And, and yeah, that was I was going to talk about that too. I think Chris Pratt is completely miscast in this in this movie. He's literally yeah. only in there for comic relief. Mm-hmm. And if you're going to do, and he's he's the second lead, I believe. Yep. Um, that's a weird slot to to put in there, and I feel like he's only in there because he is Chris Pratt. Yeah, he's just like a he's the new name, you know, and he just feels totally anachronistic for a western where. Everything else seems pretty legit, and then it's just like you've got Andy Dwyer cracking jokes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I, I just don't putting him in that Western scenario. I just don't buy it. Like, I mean, it, it would almost be like I don't want to compare, but it's almost like if you were to put um, Paul Rudd in like uh, some intense like family drama. Like, it's it's weird. You know, it's I like I kind of want to see that now. <laughs> I was going to say I think horror, Paul but pull uh, it off better than Chris Pratt can. Maybe, do. maybe. I think Chris, I like Chris Pratt. Don't get me wrong; I think he's great in like Parks and Recreation and Guardians of the Galaxy and in a few smaller things. But he's a little one note, and you know, like in Jurassic World, I thought he was. Oh, we could we, <laughs> we could do a whole show on Jurassic World, um, uh, but. Um, yeah, I agree. I he's I really I haven't seen enough out of him to take him as a serious dramatic actor and I'm not saying that The Magnificent 7 needs to be 100% drama, but he might take people out of the movie 
especially if like you know they're i think it's it's even in the trailer where him and denzel have their backs to uh you know whoever's shooting at them and and he just makes a joke it's like uh maybe uh i don't know think for a second and, and realize that hey we're in danger maybe we should get the fuck out of here or something like don't just be making quips the whole time yeah that seems like he's he's the quip guy i think that's his his uh his slot in hollywood mm-hmm. he's gonna be the quip guy i guess um and you know uh, it only works when james gunn is writing those quips <laughs> <laughs> well i guess that that proves your Jurassic world point um, yeah. but, uh, no, I, I just, I, I honestly don't know if I even really want to see this. It's to me, it's like, I, I might rent it at some point, but I just don't, I really hate when Hollywood feels like they need, and regardless of who's directing, who's starring in it, they need to remake some sort of old property just for the sake of the, the audience knows what it is already. Right, and I feel well, like that's exactly what this is. I I don't I would argue that a lot of people don't even know uh, the Magnificent Seven that well. I but, would I would disagree. I I mean maybe not young people, but um, when I saw what movie was it? I saw something recently in the theater, and they played the trailer for the remake for Magnificent Seven, and I could I could hear uh, older people all around the theater just talking about how much they love the original one so it, clearly people people know and people remember the original one it's a very famous movie but yeah. i don't know if this is a very good idea and i know that you like antoine fuqua i'm not his biggest fan um not well you know the thing about fuqua is not every movie he's made is great or good or even watchable mm-hmm. but like i mean Training Day, you can't argue against. No. I love The Replacement Killers. Uh, Olympus Fallen is hilarious. <laughs> <laughs> and The Equalizer is, is really fun. I mean, if, if you like Denzel and you like Denzel being Denzel, then sure, I guess. Oh, that's all I need in a movie is just Denzel <laughs> being Denzel. I'm sure he'll be Denzel in this movie, too. Perfect. That's all I ask. <laughs> More than likely. <laughs> All right, moving on. Uh, we ha- we're going to the end of September now. We have September 30th. We have, um, let me see if I can get this correct. Miss Peregrine's Home for Peculiar Children? Is that how it's how it's said? I think it's Peregrine. Peregrine? I don't fucking yeah. care. <laughs> uh, it's, it's Tim Burton's latest uh, foray into young adult. Yeah. Um, what is this movie? Because watching the it's- trailer, I, I don't get it. It's uh, Tim Burton's X-Men. It's a, a oh, school shit. for gifted youngsters <laughs> with superpowers. And uh, they're just mentored by beautiful Eva Green instead of <laughs> uh, bald Patrick Stewart. That That is a damn good point. I didn't even think of that. Um, you know, the book, it's based on a series of books mm-hmm. that are, I guess, somewhat popular. I haven't read them. I've never heard of them. I, I, I heard the same thing that they're popular. I've never heard of them. Yeah, well, I don't know if that we're the audience for young adult novels, especially a September release for something like this. Like that's this screams summer release to me. Yeah, it's it's very odd that they would do this. I um, wonder. Well, I wonder um, if a studio, the studio, doesn't have the faith in Tim Burton to open big, hmm. so they're just kind of dumping it in the fall. 
That's a good point. Um, but, you know, this it. seems like a movie that's aimed towards younger people. So it's weird to release it right in the middle of the school year. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's uh, it's Fox releasing it. Um, I don't, that's another thing. It could just be the fact that Fox just had a lot of properties that came out this summer and they didn't want to compete with themselves. That happens all yeah. the time. They have to spread them out. Yeah. Um, so, yeah. Tim Burton, he's back. And he's not making Beale just two. He's making this. No, so. you know, and I hope it's good. I, I Tim Burton at his best is like one of my very, very favorite directors, and he's really special. And there's no one quite like him. Mm-hmm. But he's been very, very inconsistent for like say the last fifteen years or so. Unless you like Frankenweenie, I don't think I can't. I can't think of another really good Tim Burton movie in the last ten years. I do like Frank and Weenie. I think that's a great movie. Uh, if, and I'm not even big into animated movies, and it mm-hmm. it worked for me. Um, I Some people may not count that because it is animated, but um, right. I guess maybe the last thing people might have liked from him was Sweeney Todd. I wasn't a yeah. big fan of the movie, but uh, I know people do like it. Mm-hmm. I, I'd have to go back to Big Fish. That was the last movie of his that I actually enjoyed. Well, Big Fish, I think, is his last great movie. Mm-hmm. He also did Corpse Bride, another animated oh, movie. That's right. That I thought was pretty good. Again, some people may not count that. Um, yeah. But uh, no, you're right. Uh, okay, so I need to ask you because this is a debate that we've been going back and forth on the show about. Um, the original Tim Burton Batman, 1989. Yeah. Does it hold up? Yes, absolutely. I love it. Okay, because. Uh, fellow co-host jason green he believes that it does not hold up anymore and i am vehemently against that idea because if you watch it today it it, it, tell me how it doesn't hold up i know it's so much fun it is but like i think part of his argument is the fact that and sorry jason if i'm butchering your argument um is that he thinks that the special effects and everything are just a little too either goofy or not realistic and to me i'd rather take a, a tiny miniature Batmobile driving away from a, a, another miniature exploding building as opposed to just tons of CGI. Yeah, I don't know how that looks any worse than even CGI that comes out now. You know, it's something tangible and physical always looks better to my eyes mm-hmm. than something digital, unless it's like truly seamless. Yeah. Which you get rarely. I mean, I love the fact that some people still even use miniatures today. I mean, certain parts of the dark Knight were done in miniatures you know it's like and and i know some people might criticize christopher nolan and not enjoy some of his uh his methods when it comes to filmmaking especially considering how he's a very big proponent of uh film and imax and all that but he he gets it you know he understands he wants to do as as little cgi as possible and he and occasionally he'll have to give it up and 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 do a a few shots or, or a few scenes with cgi but I'm all for every director trying to go as practical as possible. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I respect Nolan a lot for being that guy who pushes for practical effects and he pushes for film. You know, I may not love every movie he does. I think he maybe needs to work with some writers and not write everything himself or with his his brother. His brother, I have more faith in just because uh, I did hear what his original ending for Interstellar was and it made it a much better film. Um, <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, I like Interstellar. That's one I actually like a lot. I it's, know I'm in the minority with that. It's not bad. It's just not up to the standard that we all expect for Christopher Nolan. 
Yeah. Um, but I would love to hear why you like the ending. <laughs> I thought, you know, it was something, something we haven't seen before. The fifth dimensional matrix thing with, you know, it's just like totally unique and different. And I kind of, I mean, it's super cheesy, but I love that. Like love is, it's like this emotional movie and Christopher Nolan never makes movies with any emotion. Everything's really cold. Uh, and it was just like this different he's introducing different ideas that I, love is this universal constant i mean not to that degree correct but um i would argue that there's some emotion in the prestige yeah i w- yeah i would agree with that which the is prestige also, is really good oh it's it's criminally underrated um yeah. In fact, I think I'm going to go watch it as soon as we finish. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I just watched it like two weeks ago. So oh, yeah. D- uh, yeah. yeah. I'm wondering with that. I'm sure that still holds up too. Yeah, I, it's great. And uh, there, I recently heard a, a fan theory about the ending, which totally makes sense. Because I know a lot of people are very split on what the ending actually means. We're not, in case you've never seen it before, we're not going to spoil it. Uh, even though the movie's like 10 years old at this point. <laughs> um, but um, I actually think that it is a lot smarter than people give it credit for. Yeah, definitely. I, you know, and I, it's just so well-crafted and it's, it's a, it's a twist movie. There are several twists, but I think they're all really well executed and they work so well because the cast is so good. And like, I think it's one of Christian Bale's best roles ever. Like he's almost never been better than he is in that movie. Uh... And Hugh Jackman's really good too. You know what I love Christian Bale in, and I know people give me shit for loving this movie, but I think he's amazing in American Hustle. I he is very good in that, and that was an underrated performance. It, I think he was nominated. He for was, that. yeah, he was. He didn't win, but uh, yeah. um, I fucking love that movie. I think he's amazing in it. Um, but no, I, Christian Bale's great in the movie. Hugh Jackman's great in the movie. Um, even, I mean. Uh, David Bowie shows up in the movie and he's great. David Bowie as Tesla. And yeah. he's very good with I, Andy Serkis as his sidekick. Oh, that's right. That's, oh, I totally forgot about that. Do you know about uh, Andy Serkis doing, a, a, also doing a Jungle Book movie? Yeah, that seems like a bad idea. <laughs> Do you know who the studio the, is that's doing it? It's Warner Brothers, yeah. of course. Uh-huh. You know, the, the studio of bad ideas. <laughs> And not to mention, uh, it's already confirmed it's going to be the, quote, dark version of The Jungle Book. You know, to the surprise of no one. <laughs> That's another running joke on the show. We just shit on Warner Brothers and Sony. So, <laughs> well, You know, they just can't do anything right. And the only, like, the only good decision Sony's made in years is giving away Spider-Man and like, sharing Spider-Man. That yeah, I can't argue it, that. Basically, admitting that they were wrong and they need help. Well, you can thank Seth Rogen and James Franco for that, because <laughs> without them, we would have. And not enough people thank them for that. But without them, we would have never had Spider-Man back in the MCU. So, yep. th- so thank you guys. Thank well you guys. Thank you. The interview. You yes. did it. You're a shitty movie, but hey, you you, you did it. <laughs> <laughs> um. So anyway, moving on. Uh, did do you hear that? It kind of. Sounds like Oscar buzz. We have an Oscar movie coming up. Actually, a couple of them here. Uh-oh. Um, American Honey, which kind of came out of nowhere. It uh, it, it played at uh, cons, um, but uh, it's been getting a lot of critical success. Um, 
just from all the screens and everything. Comes out September 30th. I don't know how wide of a release it's going to get, but it's it's getting a lot of Oscar buzz. I don't know who the lead is in this movie, but I know Shia LaBeouf is in it. So yeah, I think the lead is a new, like a a new actress. Uh huh. But uh, yeah, I've seen the trailer for this, and it it looks interesting. You know, like yeah, it looks interesting. You know, it looks like a honestly, it looks like your general run of the mill quirky yeah. indie drama. Um, but you know, they could still be good. And as we, you know, Shia LaBeouf can be a controversial figure, but mm-hmm. I do think he's pretty talented. He's fine. As long as he's not doing accents, I've found, um, <laughs> because I don't know if, if you've ever seen, uh, the Lars von Trier movie, Nymphomaniac. I haven't, but, um, his performance is, uh, hilariously bad. Because he has to do a um, an Irish accent throughout most of the movie. Uh, yeah, that's a tough one. It is tough, but it comes in and out, and it doesn't even sound convincing when it does come in. Um, but um, uh, the movie's good. I like the movie, but like he's just not. He, he he just has trouble with that, which I can understand. It's hard for actors to, you know, it seems like only the the foreign actors can really get those dialects down. Because I mean, yeah. God forbid, you know, an American actor plays a British person, that would be the worst thing ever. Oh, it's terrible. But yeah. meanwhile, only Brit- like British and Australian actors only play American characters. It's like a rule now, I think. Yeah, I would agree. <laughs> it seems that way, at least. <laughs> um, I did look up uh, the main character of this movie. Her name is Sasha Lane, which kind of sounds like a porn name. But um, apparently, this is her first credit, first movie. So. It'd be interesting to see. Uh, watching the trailer, it's odd the fact that it is shot. I, well, I don't know if it was shot in, but it is four by three. So, um, is it really? Yeah, you don't see movies like that anymore. Um, no, that's very rare. I was very taken aback about the fact that the witch was uh, one six six Academy standard. I was just like, nobody does that anymore. I was shocked, and now this is. Um, complete full screen i'm like oh jesus that's that's very and i know that they shot it on the alexa so clearly they didn't shoot it that way but that's a very interesting choice especially considering how most theaters uh would have to um i guess scale it up if if they need because i mean they they have to fill the screen am i wrong right. yeah, yeah. So, it's an interesting choice and you know I, I like that i like playing around with um with aspect ratios and even like something as bad as Jurassic World, <laughs> I gave it points for for having an odd aspect ratio because it's it just like something unique and different. Yeah, I mean, not to get uh, too ner- nerdy, but I think it was just like a two, two, yeah. two, uh, two by one, which is uh, is interesting. I believe uh, Stranger Things was also Stranger the same. Things was in that, yeah, yeah. Which we can talk about another time. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, back to uh, the list we have. All right, now this was. The quote unquote big favorite going into Oscar season, and there's been a little controversy, and that that is uh, the Birth of a Nation comes out right. October seventh. I guess still comes out October seventh. We'll find out. But um, are you aware of the controversy with uh, this movie? Yeah. So basically, Nate. I mean, well, the interesting thing is, so Nate Parker mm-hmm. was uh, accused of raping someone, and he was acquitted. But I mean it. It certainly, from reading the case details, it seems he's pretty guilty. But 
Oh, alleged. Uh, come on. <laughs> allegedly. Allegedly. I, don't sue me, Mr. Parker. Yeah, really. But, what if he finds out about this? <laughs> you know, he's probably not too far from you. He could get you. Podcast subscriber. <laughs> oh, uh, that would be awesome. Yeah, right. We'll get him on the show. So what actually happened that night? Yeah. Um, <laughs> But uh, no, you're right. It's it's a very odd situation. And what makes it even more odd is um, the other guy who was his roommate in college who was also uh, convicted um, at first was convicted. Uh, he's a co-writer on this movie. Yep. Which is bizarre. It's very strange. Um, and, you know, the thing is, too, is that this was all public knowledge beforehand. And I feel like when this was at Sundance, it was Sundance, right, that it, yeah. it premiered at. Mm-hmm. I feel like there people were talking about the controversy and then it kind of disappeared for a bit. And then all of a sudden, just like in the past couple of weeks, it like came back up. People yeah. I mean, if they, I find that odd that, um, people would be talking about it at Sundance yet. Fox searchlight paid them the highest for any rights of any movie yeah. ever. And, uh, Clearly, if people were talking about it, then someone would have had to have tipped off Fox and be like, hey, you might want to listen about this. And But they still went through it. And I believe um, they do. Uh, technically, they do own it. So yeah. they can do whatever they want with it. If they want, um, I would not be shocked if they decide to um, shelve it till January. Mm-hmm. Uh, because the issues like imagine if Nate Parker is nominated or you know in some regard the movie's nominated for uh, different awards he has to go on the red carpet and he has to answer questions yeah whether he was acquitted or not he has to someone's going to ask him these questions and it's going to be very awkward it's going to be not great for the movie so i can understand if fox decides to push it to after award season and kind of let you know they release it it'll get whatever money you know it makes at the box office and it'll kind of just flounder away because let's be honest nothing in january's at least not nowadays is going to be nominated for any awards yeah that's true um so i would not be shocked about any of that um and another odd part is that this whole thing happened back in 1999 yeah this is 17 years ago and it's it's being brought up again now um in case you in case you don't know so what ended up happening was um it was him and the other guy the co-writer i forget his name um they had a woman in their their uh, dorm or whatever it was wherever they were staying at penn state i think it was yep um and she accused them of uh sexual assault uh because i think she she, i think she claimed that she was drugged yeah Um, or she was like very drunk they got her drunk it was like, like a date rape yeah exactly um, and so basically what ended up happening was, is that, uh, the charges were dropped on, um, Nate Parker, his, uh, fellow, uh, I don't know what you want to call him. His, his, the co-writer for the movie, um, he was originally, uh, sentenced and then they had a second trial and it was deemed a mistrial because she just didn't show up, which is odd. She yeah. didn't show up for, uh, for the, for the court hearings. And then, then we found out that uh, a couple years ago she killed herself. So, and these are the kind of questions that people are going to be asking him on the red carpet. Like, do you really want him to have to respond to these things? Yeah, and you know, from the, I think the last thing I read was they still want to release it this fall, but they're not going to have him do any press. But that's the thing is that if this movie gets the attention that they're hoping for, mm-hmm. you know, then he's going to be forced to be in the spotlight. I mean, it's like a big can of worms. Yeah, it really is. The one thing that they could do is 
just not publicize it like don't put screeners out there kind of like what um disney did with episode seven last year which is the reason why it was nominated for very many things because there weren't screeners out there to protect the uh the movie well it could um, also be that it wasn't that good oh uh, <laughs> well we'll get to uh rogue one a little later um yeah. and i have a lot to say about that but anyway um i would not be shocked if they just don't put out a ton of pressers, don't put out a, a ton of screeners, and it kind of just goes by the wayside a bit, which is also a problem, because remember last year at the Academy Awards, uh, issue with race, and you yeah. have the you have a movie here, which is predominantly, um, you know, it, it deals with that issue. Yes. And they're going to, imagine what's going to happen if like they ignore it and then people get outraged again. You know, it, it really seems like a lose-lose situation. And they might have to just, you know, I, it kind of does seem to make the most sense to maybe push it back and just let it, you know, release it and then, you know, have it disappear. Mm-hmm. I, I think that's probably the best thing that they can do. And it, it's a shame, especially, you know, for, for, uh, for Nate Parker. But this is, this is what you're going to have to deal with, you know. It's like, I, I believe this is his first movie. It, you could probably get this out of the way because I, I and I know it took so long for them to make this movie and everything. It was a really tough process, but this is your situation and you got to deal with it. So, well, and you know, Hollywood unfortunately is also uh, can often be very forgiving of rapists. Like Roman Polanski still <laughs> makes movies and still wins Oscars. Yeah. And, you know, he never saw any, he ran, he literally <laughs> fled the country. So that he wouldn't is true. Go to prison. Um, some would even go as far as putting Woody Allen's name in there. Yeah. He still works on a regular basis in this country. Um, so, you know, it's just, sometimes it's, it, maybe if he was a bigger name, it wouldn't be a, as big of an issue. Yeah. Um, but he's just starting in his career. So that, that doesn't, that really doesn't help him at all. Anyway, moving on. Let's uh, let's bring the. Well, I don't know if this is gonna bring up the mood at all, but uh, <laughs> yeah. Next up on the list, we have we're going in. Well, we're staying on October seventh. Uh, I guess counter programming. Maybe um, we have uh, the girl on the train, which is uh, based on the book. Um, very odd. I, I saw the trailer. I don't know anything about the book. Don't know anything about the movie, other than the trailer. It looks like Gone Girl light. Mm-hmm. Um, can you tell me anything about this movie? No, I can't. <laughs> I have seen the trailer, and you know, I love Emily Blunt. It's got a great cast: Emily Blunt, Edgar Ramirez, Rebecca Ferguson, uh, and Justin Theroux, and and many more. Ah, oh, Justin uh, Theroux. I didn't know that. Yeah, I'm just looking down the IMDb cast, and okay. you've got Luke Evans and Laura Prepon and Allison Alice Janney, Janney yeah. Lisa, Lisa Kudrow. Oh, she's back. Yeah. Wait, uh, she's playing Monica? That can't be right. That's what it says right here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. You know, I've I've heard that the book isn't that good. Mm-hmm. Uh, and it is it is very Gone Girl-like. Uh, the trailer looks okay. I don't know. I don't know much. I don't know what to think of this one. I think they're definitely playing on that audience that did see Gone Girl. Um, but they're also playing on the audience who loves Fifty Shades of Grey because this is really based on another, I, I guess you could, I don't want to say adult novel. It makes it sound like porn. Um, yeah. 
a uh, I'll just say novel based on another book. And um, I, I, according to the trailer, it looks like also they're going for the Fifty Shades of Grey audience. Right. Um, so it's and it's, that is a big audience. That is a big audience. I I should know. I saw it in in theaters. <laughs> um, <laughs> How was it? The uh, the the theater experience or the movie? Both. Um, the movie's awful, um, almost in the good way. Um, I don't want to say it's quite like the room level, but it's pretty damn bad. It's edging close to it. Ooh, oh, I see what you did there. Um, <laughs> but um, the theater experience was a definitely, it was definitely an interesting experience because I feel like a lot of people in the movie were in on the joke. Um, there weren't too many people who were, um, I guess you could tell we're big fans. There was a, there's a lot of couples, which was interesting. Um, and you know, you got six guys in a row <laughs> being us and seeing this movie. And we're just laughing the whole time at it because it's just so ridiculous. At one point, I don't know if have you, you haven't seen the movie, correct? I have not. Okay. Well, there's at one point where, uh, the two main characters are going over a contract, which I think, you know, you understand the premise of the movie and the book. Yep. Uh, they're going over a contract about uh, what he can and can't do to her. And at one point, um, she she asked him what anal beads are. <laughs> and uh, he's just like, we can strike that. And then uh, at one point, uh, she asked him, uh, what about uh, anal fisting? And there was a guy in the back who goes, oh, really loud. <laughs> and, like everyone was in on the joke. Like we we all yeah. knew what was what we were getting into. And and. and in that sense, it kind of delivered, but uh, oh, I, I, I definitely do not want to see that movie ever again. Especially considering how I had to rewatch it twice for a, a game that we used to play on the show. Oh yeah, um, where we would take uh, quotes from the Fifty Shades of Grey movie and Star Wars Episode Two, and uh, <laughs> see if you could tell the difference, which <laughs> was really fucking hard. That's um, great. <laughs> I just and we're gonna see the the new ones. It, we're oh, gonna go course. back. Um, <laughs> You've already gone this far. Why give up now? Um, right. Which I believe comes out in February. I think. I think they're going. They're, it seems like a February release. They're doing um, the Valentine's Day thing again. I believe. Yeah. Which I mean, I, I guess if Deadpool's not available yet, then sure, why not plug it in there? Yeah. As well. Anyway, moving on. Um, I totally didn't see this coming, but uh, we have another Underworld movie coming out, which, by the way, no trailer for yet, which is a little awkward considering how it's supposed to come out October 14th. Yeah. No trailer. That is odd. Um, I would not be shocked if this does get pushed back at some point because, I mean, let's be honest, IMDb has the new Friday the 13th movie listed for January 13th, which we all know is not going to happen. Yeah. Um, so I would not be shocked if this gets pushed back. But honestly, why are we still doing this? Right. Does Does Underworld have a, an audience? Does it like have fans I, at not, all? Not according to the receipts that I see. Right. I've I've other than maybe the first one, I've never seen a Underworld movie perform well at the box office. Let me yeah. See if I can look. This yeah. Up this is what the fifth one, the sixth one, the fifth one. Yeah. Not to be confused with the Resident Evil series, which I believe is coming out with their sixth or seventh one. Yeah. Which also played in the theater last night and was just a hoot to watch. <laughs> um, but anyway, so uh, if you're looking for numbers, um, 
these are just domestic, so I might have to go into a little deeper. But the second one, Underworld Evolution, actually made the most money out of all of them. Um, $62 million domestic. Huh. Um, even some of... Uh, some of them worldwide are getting a total of just under a hundred million, if not a little above. So I'm very curious why they keep making, unless they're just really cheap to make. They must be right. I, I just, I don't know. I mean, I can't imagine any other reason. And you know, I like Kate Beckinsale. I think she's a good actress. Um, they're, you know, they've got, they've got an aesthetic, these movies, the kind of, they sure do. Matrix ripoff goth thing going on, which I'm sure some people enjoy. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I you know I only saw the first one and I had high hopes for it. You know, just like a, I like vampires and I like werewolves and I like to see them fight each other. Uh, but it's just kind of a, it wasn't even like terrible. It's just like really lackluster, and I don't know why anyone would even get excited for another one yet. So you're saying, let alone four more. Yeah, really. You're well. We could talk about that with Avatar, Avatar as well, but um, yeah. so you're saying that you didn't want to go see Underworld: Rise of the Lycans? You know, I, I decided to pass on that one. <laughs> I thought long and hard, and I just I couldn't do it. <laughs> <laughs> what a great title! Oh yeah. Anyway, moving on. Um, also coming out October 14th. Also kind of counter programming. Uh, the accountant which is the new uh, Ben Affleck um, serious movie. It looks pretty serious, at least to me. Um, yeah. It's uh, Gavin O'Connor, who is uh, most known for the Warrior movie, which I thought was outstanding. Yeah, Warrior's great. Back when that came out. He also did the Miracle movie, the hockey movie. That um, one's okay, too. However, his last movie was that Jane Got a Gun movie. With Natalie yeah, and Portman. that was not so good. And it was not critically well-received or at the box office, so... Um, I, I guess he's just going back to what he used to do with, uh, you know, kind of serious, but, uh, in a way believable, mm-hmm. um, you know, movies about random people and the, the, the trailer for the account. I don't know if you've seen the trailer, but, um, yeah, I have. it's very odd because it's, it's, it's very vague in, in what it's telling you about the plot. You really don't know much from watching it, which is a good thing. To, mm-hmm. to not get enough from the trailer um, to watch the movie, but it looks weird. And when I say weird, I don't mean in the good way, like, you know, it looks interesting weird. It looks bizarre because you have Ben Affleck as the lead character. He doesn't, he barely speaks in the trailer. So, well, I you know, his character seems to be like on the spectrum somewhere. Uh, well, they kind of make it sound like in the trailer, he just, he's, he's, um, he doesn't like talking to people, um, which is, Fine, I guess, but he's your lead, and he if he's barely going to be speaking, that's a little odd. Unless you had just have an amazing supporting cast, which I think the supporting cast for this movie is pretty large. Um, yeah, you have JJ uh, JK Simmons um, in there doing something. You have uh, who, who else? Do you have Anna Kendrick. I think she's she's the female lead. Mm-hmm. John Lithgow's in there. Um, oh, the Punisher, he's going to be in there too. John, uh, uh, oh, John Bernthal. Yeah, he's. Yeah. Uh, I think actually he's the. According to the trailer, it looks like he's the bad guy. Hey, that that sounds good to me. Well, you know, we're coming off of what last last year the best movie of the year was Mad Max Fury Road, and that's a movie where the the main character doesn't talk very much. 
So <laughs> see it now can you're be done. <laughs> now you're comparing uh, Gavin, O'Con- Gavin O'Connor to uh, George Miller, and I don't know if we want to have this debate. <laughs> I'm not saying it'll be as good as Fury Road. Uh-huh. That's a, a tall order, but uh, you know it can be. You know it looks interesting. I think it looks like the good kind of weird, mm-hmm. and I'm totally into it. The trailers have like this weird rhythm to them, and it just looks different, like a different kind of action movie. It does look different. Um, another thing that really takes me out from watching the trailer is the fact that Ben Affleck is so massive because he put on all that weight for Batman. Yeah. That is weird. The fact that he's like this really smart accountant and he's just enormous. <laughs> like, well, he's an accountant, but also like a hitman or something with a closet full of guns. And that's fine. But I don't know. I kind of would rather just have like a normal looking dude. Maybe it's just me, but uh, I find that a little odd. I don't know. Maybe, yeah, it could, maybe well, it's just yeah. me. No, I, I totally understand. Uh, you know, that's that's uh, Ben Affleck's curse is he's, uh, he's super too- buff. Oh. <laughs> well, I, I think the story went. Um, what movie was it he was doing? I think it was Gone Girl, I think, where uh, he he had bulked up so much for Batman vs Superman that by the time he got on set for the other movie, um, they, they kind of told him you had to take some of that off because hmm. it would just be too unbelievable. <laughs> yeah. Um, and that's what this one kind of feels like as well. Um, anyway, moving on, we have uh, coming out the following week, October 21st, the new Jack Reacher movie, which I love the, the subtitle for. It's uh, Jack Reacher, Never Go Back. Oh, okay. <laughs> what you it, know, I love the first Jack Reacher. I thought it was an awesome movie. I'm and, I'm I'm down with Tom Cruise doing random action things. I I don't have a problem with that. Um, this title is weird though to me. <laughs> it's like well, never go back is the title of is, I guess the novel that it's that's being adapted that's based on. Okay. Yeah. Um, they didn't have to call it that. They could have just called it Jack Reacher Two. Um, but sure. Why not? It's like, imagine like going to the ticket line and being like, can I get one for Jack Reacher? Never go back. It just seems a little odd to me. Well, when you go to the ticket counter and buy your ticket, do you really always say the full title? Like when I got, when I saw civil war, I just said, can I have a ticket for captain America? Um, normally I, you know what? It's fun to just say the full title just to see <laughs> if you can do it. Um, oh yeah. Cause we're in good time. Oh, exactly. Um, especially it's even more fun to get the title wrong on purpose and see if they actually know what you're talking about. Like, for example, you could say, can I get one for captain America, the first Avenger and see if they know what you're talking about when you go to see civil war. Um, but anyway, so, um, this is a new, they have a new director this time. It's, yep. um, Edswick. Edwardswick, yeah. Is he going by Ed or Edward now? Uh, you know, I've always heard it as Ed. Hmm. But I guess it doesn't matter. Yeah, it doesn't really matter. I mean, he's got a good background. You know, he's, he's got- a good director. I like him. I mean, he makes a lot of he makes too many white savior movies, I think. Oh, you mean like The Last Samurai? The Last Samurai <laughs> or even Glory, where Ferris Bueller <laughs> whips the <laughs> the black union soldiers into shape. Now, correct me if I'm wrong. I haven't seen Glory in a while, but isn't Matthew Broderick the only person who survives in that movie? Uh, no, you know what? He dies too. Does he? I think they all die. Okay, that makes more sense. Um, yeah. 
speaking of whitewashing, Blood Diamond, you could say yeah. as well. Oh, yeah. Another one of his. And, you know, the thing is, I like all these movies. I think they're all well made. It's just he definitely has a kind of story he likes to tell. Mm-hmm. Is um, he, is he but, also behind this Matt Damon Great Wall of China movie? <laughs> you would think so, right? It's like it's totally up his alley. I'm, I, I'm actually going to go check that because I, I would not be surprised. Yeah, you know, I'm, I'm intrigued by that one. It looks interesting. I don't see it on here. So no, I, I it must must be a, a 2017 picture. Mm. Or, or he's he's not involved with that one, but I would not be shocked. Um, yeah. I do love in the trailer uh, the the opening and the ending. The opening with the uh, the phone call uh, with, mm-hmm. with the handcuffs and all that. Yeah, which is funny. And I love the line at the end when he's about to beat up the guy on the airplane. He's like, "What do you guys go to the same barber?" <laughs> That's funny. I don't. I mean. Yeah. I, I, I kind of enjoy that. It's it's corny. I, you know, I can watch Tom Cruise say stupid one-liners all day. <laughs> I think Tom Cruise is just incredibly watchable in everything. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, even the movie doesn't even have to be that good, but he's always, like, giving it his all. Mm-hmm. And he's just got so much energy and enthusiasm. I mean, I'm very behind on my uh, Mission Impossible series, but uh, I've heard that even those have been getting even better and better as they go along. Yeah. And I believe they that they're about to make the sixth one, too. Well, apparently it's been delayed a bit because everyone wants more money. But, oh. yeah, I'm sure it'll I'm sure it'll happen soon enough. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, same day, I guess, kind of a counter programming as well. And I felt the need to that we need to talk about this movie. And that is the I don't want to call it a sequel because it's really not a sequel. But uh, we have another right. Ouija movie coming out. Um, called uh, Ouija Origin of Evil. And <laughs> what, do, what do you say about this? I did not this? see the first Ouija. Well, no, uh, no one did. I don't even know why it's even getting a sequel. And it's not even a sequel. It's it's like an unrelated prequel. Right. It takes place in the 60s. Um, I guess the reasoning is that they saw that The Conjuring did did well, and they were like, that's in the 60s. Let's just do that. Um, but like they play, they played the trailer last night before the movie and just, oh, it has awful CG effects and it's just, it's, it's literally what's wrong with horror nowadays. Yeah. Just it encapsulated into one terrible, terrible movie. And I assume this is going to be terrible, but, um, this is another one. And I know, I understand coming out around Halloween time, you want to get those horror movies out, which I, they've kind of gotten away from. In Hollywood, yeah, they, they release very few horror movies around Halloween now. They've they uh, for some reason the new prime spot is in August, which I think is yeah. why uh, Don't Breathe did really well. Um, even uh, the 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 first Conjuring did really well. Um, mm-hmm. It's just like I, I guess it's that's like their new thing. I guess in a way, Rob Zombie was a visionary because his two <laughs> Halloween movies came out in August. Yeah, well, I mean, now he can. He has to kickstart all his movies, so I don't know how well it worked out for him. <laughs> you did not. You didn't see Thirty One, right? Uh, no, I did not. Are, are you going to? <laughs> you know what? I probably will. I've seen all of his other movies. Why not okay. go see this one? Um, I don't love all of his movies, but I think he can make good movies. Oh, absolutely. I, I think we're we're both in agreement that uh, he needs to stop writing his own scripts. Yes. And uh, just focus on directing because he can he can do that. Like he's he's yeah. good at that. He's great behind the camera. Mm-hmm. You know, he he gets 
he makes the same kind of movie where it's just about like hillbillies that curse a lot, <laughs> but he gets good hillbilly performances out of his actors. Oh, yeah. He, he surrounds himself <laughs> with 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 quality actors. It's just yeah. what they're saying is just awful. Yeah, I think every movie he's ever done has references to like skull fucking or <laughs> <laughs> he going to fuck that chicken. <laughs> yeah. yeah, he's a little one note. But like The Devil's Rejects is such a great movie mm-hmm. that I'll never and he's got so much promise. Oh, absolutely. And like I said before, he was originally attached to direct the Broad Street Bullies movie, and I thought that would have been an amazing... Oh, that would have been so interesting. Just to see what he would do, and I don't even know if he would write it or not, but I'd be interested to see how that would... Because you know it's, it wouldn't be a typical Rob Zombie movie. Yeah. I'd love to see what he would do with that, but unfortunately something happened, and it just it's it, it might still happen, but not with him. Yeah, so, that's a shame. Yeah. I would like to see him step out of his comfort zone and do something different. Absolutely. And you know what? I, He kind of tasted the Western a little bit with Devil's Rejects. I'd love to see him do an actual Western. Oh, that would be awesome. You know, I, I, yeah. you, try it. You know, it's like, what do you got to lose? I mean, just you can crowdfund it, too. <laughs> yeah, Why sure. Not? You know, and like because Ty West is doing a Western now. And, you know, that that's mm-hmm. interesting. I I feel like uh, the the Westerns, uh, Western sensibility and horror sensibilities can go really well together. Mm-hmm. like a like a bone tomahawk which i don't think you were that big a fan of it's not i feel like there was a great movie in there that was killed by editing um it is strangely edited it's a very there's a lot of empty space in that movie yeah which is interesting because i know that they had a really tough shooting schedule i know that they they didn't have a ton of money and everything and they needed to pad things out but I feel like if an uh, an editor were to go in on that movie, trim it down a little bit, I feel like it would be a lot better. And I'm not saying it's not good, but like I can see the seeds in there. I can see where the brilliance is and it's 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 kind of muddled in all this extra material that we kind of don't need, you know. Yeah. Well, I'm interested in what that director uh, S Craig Zoller will do with some more money maybe. Mhm. Do you know what his next movie is? His next movie is a prison movie starring Vince Vaughn. Uh, uh, Vince Vaughn? Yeah. That's an interesting choice. <laughs> it is an interesting choice. I guess Vince Vaughn's trying to do the dramatic acting thing now after True Detective, which I liked him in. Mm-hmm. I thought he was interesting. I don't think he's a bad dramatic actor. It's just sometimes some of the some of the dramatic roles, roles that he takes is a little, I feel like, very miscast. Yeah, and not because he can't do it, but I feel like it's just written poorly for him. Mm-hmm. And a perfect, well, you know, even his comedy roles, he has a hard time of picking the right roles, which is weird because he's very one note when it comes to comedy. Yeah, <laughs> so you think but, you know be when very he's easy. in that one note, like the right note mm-hmm. when he's hitting it, it's pretty good. You know, like you look look at him in his swingers, mm-hmm. and you know he's he's great. You know, he he enlivens that whole film. Mm-hmm. But uh, but then he does the internship or Fred Claus or you know any number of bad movies. Delivery Man, where he has all the kids. Delivery Man, yeah. yeah. Four Christmases. Oh God. The list goes on. <laughs> anyway, uh, moving on. Now we we are officially at Halloween at this point, October twenty eighth, which is where all the horror movies should be coming out, and we have kinda two. One's definitely a horror movie. One I'm not sure, and we'll start with the one I'm not too sure about, and that is Inferno. 
which is the. I'm not so sure this constitutes as a horror <laughs> film. I'm sorry, Sean. Well, <laughs> that's what I'm saying. Like, I think some people may look at it that way because you're dealing with. Um, uh, I mean, fuck. The last movie was Angels and Demons. Like, come on. Yeah. Like it, it's dealing with uh, the, uh, the 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 church and everything, and it's mm-hmm. there. There are some elements in the trailer that you could perceive as being either scary or horror or whatever, like the, all the blood and everything. Yeah. Um, but this is, this just kind of came out. I didn't even know that they were making a third movie from the, the Dan Brown books. And I guess this is just a new book that he came out with. I have no idea. Uh, I don't, I think this book actually came out several years ago. Okay. Um, but yeah, you know, <laughs> uh, I guess it looks in line with the rest of the series, which, which is not good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, if you're a fan, then you know maybe you'll enjoy it. Are there fans out there for these uh, these movies? There must be. There have made this is the third one they've made. They uh, well, definitely made some money, right? <laughs> we were just talking about the the fucking Ouija board movie. Come on, like yeah. just because they're making it doesn't mean that there's a complete audience for it. Maybe it does well overseas. I don't know, but. Um, it's very bizarre, and I think the the way the trailer makes it look like is that there's some sort of virus going around this time. That, that, that's called Inferno, and uh, they 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 put poor Felicity Jones in there too. Um, and uh, well, I guess the one good thing is that Tom Hanks is back to his normal hair, so they got rid of all that. Well, you know, I think they saw he was doing the weird hair and Solly, so they like the the pressure was off them to one up that. <laughs> I, I it's it's very bizarre and 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 the the weirdest thing to me about all of this is and i saw this in the trailer they they mentioned at the very end um i guess to promote it they're doing a big imax release for this movie why right. i don't know well here i actually have the box office numbers up oh good and the da vinci code world worldwide made 758 million dollars holy shit yeah angels and demons made less 485 million but that's still a lot and with those numbers you can see why they're going around for the third try is is uh, i'm looking it up right now i, I am so, assuming a lot yeah a lot of it's foreign uh markets. yeah definitely more foreign um but you know it didn't, didn't do so badly here either mm-hmm. well I 217 mean- for da vinci code and 133 for Angels and demons. demons. I mean, with a budget of one, excuse me, one fifty. Um, I kind of expect a little more. Yeah. Um, which and this the last one came out in two thousand nine, so we're looking at seven years since the last one, which is a little long. Um, yeah. You got to wonder if it's too late. Well, people were saying that about Ghostbusters too. About they waited too long. They waited five years, which is too mm-hmm. long. This is seven years. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I kind of like the idea that Tom Hanks has a blockbuster franchise because sure. it's Tom Hanks and he deserves it. But, yeah. uh, you know, I don't know if I'll, they'll be getting my money. <laughs> hope, <laughs> I hope not. But you know what should be getting your money is the third Ring movie, <laughs> <laughs> which is coming out the same day. Uh, it's called Rings, plural. Um, like Predators. Yes, that's, just like Predators. Or Aliens, I guess, would be the better comparison yeah that's it's true a good movie uh well yeah exactly well I, you, predators is good predators is good i like predators but it's not aliens good but it's it's, no, it's not it's good yeah, um it's best topher grace role ever um 
next to Venom. Um, this is very bizarre, and I, I just I'd love to read you the plot summary of uh, of this movie direct from IMDb. Please do, please do. Um, Julia, um, which I assume is the main character, becomes worried about her boyfriend Holt when he explores the dark urban legend of a mysterious videotape said to kill the watcher seven days after viewing. Okay, we all know that. Mm-hmm. Uh, he sacrifices her. She sacrifices herself to save her boyfriend, and in doing so, makes a horrifying discovery, and that is that there is a quote movie within a movie that no one has ever seen before. That's a lot to process. Now, yeah, my first question is, and after seeing the trailer, I under I, I think I kind of get what they're going for, but my first question is, who the fuck is still using VHS tapes? Because uh, in the trailer, I understand that they're not using a tape in the trailer. It's actually more of a viral video. And there's even a shot in the trailer where there's water coming out of her webcam. Hmm. Um, but and that makes sense. Yeah, that makes to- that makes total sense for for today. Um, but don't you think a viral video is a little less believable than, say, a creepy VHS tape? It definitely doesn't have like the VHS has that kind of kitschy, you know. It's got something special about it. Mm-hmm. Whereas I don't know. I feel like because uh, think it, about it, it, just being a web video just reminds me of that Skype horror movie that oh, came out. The uh, Unfriended. Yeah, and then <laughs> there was the other one with uh, Diane Lane. I forget what it was called, but it was literally like a Skype, um, almost like Videodrome, almost like a Skype. Uh, uh, torturing thing online and people would go on and pay to watch it and like she was a detective trying to figure out like who was doing this and everything similar idea in a way but um i would love to know who took the vhs tape and digitized it because clearly they're dead by now but uh who actually took the time to digitize this vhs tape to to upload it online uh, maybe the girl herself did it she just logged on to her MacBook and uh, are you telling to me get some new victims? I, listen, I know kids are more technolo- technolo- technologically sound than they have ever been before. Are you telling me a little kid could figure out how to digitize? You, considering how v- v- VCRs aren't even a thing anymore. Well, she is a ghost or something, zombie ghost. So I don't know. She may have special powers. It is a good question. She, she's just uh, able to digitize it with her mind. Yeah, well, well, you you know, you remember in the in the mythology of the ring, if you make a copy of yeah the video, then you're saved. Mm-hmm. So maybe someone just uploaded it to YouTube and to save themselves. <laughs> That's kind a, of a douchey thing yeah, to do. It really is. <laughs> um, but you got to do what you got to do if you're marked for death. Sure, I, why not? Um, I think the new thing in this one that they show in the trailer is that. And that's another thing in the trailer. So you have uh, she's watching it on on the on the uh, computer. Her webcam is is leaking water. Makes total sense. The phone rings, and the phone is an old corded phone, like one that you would hook up to the wall. It's like, right. uh, no, no, no. You gotta <laughs> you, you gotta do the cell phone. Like, why are you going backwards? Do those with even this? exist anymore? Like, who even has landlines? I could probably buy one on Amazon right now if I really wanted to. I'm not going to, but like I think yeah. you could still buy. I I mean, people still use landlines. You know, it's still a thing. Um, but I don't buy that for one second. And then what happens is, is that you know, th- you know, seven days, blah blah blah, on the phone, she gets burned on her hand. The phone burns her, 
So huh. not electrocute like some other things, but she gets burned. She gets burned um, for some reason. And there's a marking on her hand, and she has to go to Vincent D'Onofrio to read it. And he's just like, <laughs> oh, it's the mark of uh, rebirth or something. And that's basically what the movie is. Is like I don't, I can't tell if like she's being turned, if she's turning into the the, the little girl or what's going on. Because I mean, you have like she's she's having symptoms like in the original movie and everything. But what what do they mean by rebirth? Like, is that she's just coming back or what? I don't understand what that means. Yeah, these are questions I, I need to answer. I guess we'll have to we'll 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 find out on October twenty eighth. But speaking <laughs> yeah. of Vincent D'Onofrio. I think he is a great exposition deliverer. And this reminds me of, uh, did you see Sinister? Yes. Where he ha- uh, does his entire performance by Skype. Yes. And in fact, as- in, in the trailer for this, not only, I mean, he's, he's there in person, but he's sitting down the whole time. So he took the Bill Murray route and uh, <laughs> just, just I'll, I'll give my lines, but I need to sit down, which is hilarious to me. But and it looks uh, like he, he kept the beard from uh, Magnificent Seven as well for this movie mm-hmm. um and i feel like the best part of this trailer is at the very end and by, by best i mean worst um where they're on an airplane and for somehow the, the videotape goes on all the little tv screens on the airplane and the next thing you know water starts coming out from the bathroom on the airplane <laughs> and then you just see the little girl on the wing of the plane <laughs> <laughs> You see, that's cool. I like that. I, that's so silly <laughs> that I, I want to see that happen. You I, know, the ring, the first ring and the Japanese version, I feel like it's so good that I, know, I didn't see the ring too, but I am open to seeing more rings I mean, if, if, if they do it well. If it's successful, you will, obviously. I mean, they're making another fucking Ouija movie. Yeah. But... um. I'm not opposed to it. I just, I mean, I'm a big proponent of trying to release as many horror movies as you can in theaters because a lot of the times they just don't get theatrical releases anymore. Um, yeah. Whether that be because of quality or the studios, I, I don't know. But um, you just put stuff out there, you know? It's like, even if it is just a shitty sequel or remake of something else that, that already happened, at least it's keeping horror alive as opposed to people just thinking that horror movies is just the conjuring and i'm sorry if you like the conjuring but there's a lot of issues i have with both the conjuring movies and i i've never even, i haven't seen the second one yet but i really it's good it's really good uh, and what, do you, what don't you like about the conjuring i feel like people make it out to seem like it's some revolutionary way of looking at horror when it has all the tropes of normal horror movies today you have all the jump scares you have all the, the the creepy dolls. You have the creepy nun in the second one. Um, I don't think it's revolutionary, but I think it just does it very well. And I think that the first one, especially, was like one of the few recent horror movies that I thought was like actually scary. I'll and be, was I'll be honest with you. The first one I saw in theaters, and I laughed my ass off the whole time. I didn't think it was scary at all. I thought it was funny. I, I, I don't it. know I what that says really about good. me, but like it's, <laughs> I just, <laughs> I just thought it was just hilarious. Like when the, the 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 possessed chick is on top of the the dresser, and you just get the quick jump scare. I thought that was hilarious, and with the the, the clapping too. Mm. I don't know what it is. Maybe I'm just like desensitized to all this, and it takes. It seems a, like maybe James Wan's aesthetic just isn't for you. Maybe I'm not sure, but like, I'm I'm I, I'm more so 
forgiving for a movie like The Witch that actually tries something different or at least yeah. tries to do something that we haven't seen in a long time as opposed to The Conjuring, which to me is very similar to a lot of the horror movies that we get nowadays and to the point where they're going to have two spinoffs. They already had the Annabelle spinoff and they're going to have a spinoff with the, the creepy nun from the right. second one. That should tell you yeah. everything you need to know, you know? Yeah. Well, you know, it's like, I kind of like that. It's this, you know, horror franchise and I thought Annabelle sucked. It wasn't good. And I, I don't oh. have any hopes for Annabelle two or the creepy nun movie. So you did see but, Annabelle. I did see Annabelle, and uh, yeah, that was a mistake. <laughs> Gee, I guess so. <laughs> but, you know, I think The Conjuring and The Conjuring 2 are really good. Mm-hmm. But they are, you know, in-your-face kind of like, you yeah. know. They're just like, they're going for big scares. The Witch is doing something very different. It's more of a slow burn kind of, it's just like an intense movie. Oh, definitely. Which I love. Uh, to me, I, it's, it's the closest we're going to get to like a modern-day exorcist. Yeah. And that's that's like the, one of the highest praises you can give it. Yeah. Um, for sure. So anyway, we'll move we'll move away from horror for a little bit. I think we might have one or two coming up at some point. But let's go over to the Marvel Cinematic Universe because Marvel does have a movie coming out at the end of the year. Thankfully, not DC. It's Marvel. Um, we have a, everyone's waiting for this. Doctor Strange comes out November fourth. So a late birthday present for me. Been waiting <laughs> for this one for a little while. Um. I'm sure you have a lot to say about Doctor Strange, so I'll just let you have the floor. You know, I just couldn't be more excited for this movie. Uh, I love the Marvel Cinematic Universe. I'm just like the biggest fan. I love superheroes. I love comic books. I think that Marvel does it better than anyone. They've found like the the winning formula mm-hmm. for these superhero movies, and uh, I get I'm more excited for these movies about new heroes like Ant-Man or Doctor Strange than I am for even like the big like Captain Americas and Avengers and stuff because they they do these obscure characters so well mm-hmm. that you you lo- like I mean that's what they started with you know they started with Iron Man who I always liked Iron Man but he was never like an A-list character he was, he was I mean if you watch the uh what was it, the 70s CBS TV movie of the Avengers? Iron Man's like a joke in that movie. Right. You know, it, it, it was only in the comics where he was actually perceived as a big deal. Mm-hmm. And then they finally, you know, translated it to film and it, it worked perfectly. I still say that that first Iron Man movie is my favorite MCU movie. Yeah. And, you know, it's it's a great movie and it's like a perfect kind of uh, superhero origin story. And they cast it so well, like Robert Downey Jr. is just perfect it's the perfect role for him i can't see anyone else playing it yeah and you know like the crazy thing is that iron man is now the most popular superhero on the planet i think Mm -hmm. you know and it's like who would have ever thought that before not not me not me yeah (laughs) not me either uh but it's great and that's just what marvel is so good at is they they can introduce these characters they cast them so well their casting in these movies is just perfect it's impeccable Uh, other than natalie portman I mean, I like Natalie Portman. I love Natalie Portman in general, and I thought she was fine as Jane Foster. The problem is that she just hates doing these movies. I need some chemistry because her and Chris Hemsworth have zero chemistry. Yeah, well, she's gone, and we'll never see her in another Thank one of these movies. So, <laughs> so it doesn't matter, I guess. Um, but Doctor Strange looks great. You know, it looks different. It looks trippy. Very Scott Derrickson is, a, you know, really, I think, a talented director. Um, he's, I think he's, Sinister was really good. I mean, he's more known as the horror guy, really. Yeah. 
You know, I mean, you mentioned Sinister. He did Exorcism of Emily Rose. Mm-hmm. Um, he did uh, that that movie with uh, Eric Bana. D- was that Deliver Us from Evil? Yeah, that that one. Isn't Joel McHale in that too? Uh, you know, I I would probably I didn't I, see it. I'm not sure, but he also did um, the Day the Earth Stood Still remake, which isn't a great movie, but you could mm-hmm. kind of put that on Keanu Reeves a little bit. <laughs> um, <laughs> hey, and Keanu is a is a national treasure. No, no, that's Nicolas Cage. He's he's a national <laughs> treasure. Um, <laughs> I take it you haven't seen John Wick then. No, I'm sorry. I I I know. I I understand. I need to see it at some point. Got to see John Wick. I know. What are, I know. What are we even doing talking when <laughs> yeah. you could be out watching John Wick right now? That's true. Although um, it, I don't think it can top his performance o- over the Neon Demon because he's just so <laughs> goddamn funny in that movie. He is. You know, um, he's kind of scary in that movie. He's like really yeah, intense. He kind of is, especially, well, I'm not going to spoil it, but when he goes into that room, it's very... Yeah, that is a freaky scene, and I was uh, I was definitely on edge. Yeah, um, and I love the line about the Lolita shit. Like, that's, that's just perfect. Yep. I, finally, a director found a great... I mean, I'm not saying... I, I don't know who directed John Wick, but um, I finally, a director found some way to, to make Keanu Reeves give a performance. Yeah, I don't know what he did, but he actually gave a real performance. And well, you I, know, he, in, in the Neon Demon, he's playing like something that he never plays. You know, he's playing like true. a real creep and like a a bad guy, like mm. a real bad guy, awful guy. Yeah, and he he really uh, succeeds in that role. Like he's really good. Mm-hmm. I guess uh, he's pushing himself more than he normally does, just doing his like good kind of aloof surfer guy. Hey, if you were to say. 10 years ago, Matthew McConaughey would be an Oscar winner. Everyone would have laughed at you. So yeah. it's not out of the realm of possibility that at some someday Keanu Reeves could win an Oscar. Uh, not, God willing, he will. <laughs> I'm not saying it's going to happen, but <laughs> stranger things have happened. Yes. Um, but also, you forgot to mention uh, Scott Derrickson, also uh, director of everyone's favorite Hellraiser sequel, Hellraiser Inferno. Which uh, <laughs> <laughs> I believe was his first movie, I think, that he did. Um, yeah. But uh, yeah, that's a little fact that most people probably don't know about. Um, but no, I'm I'm totally for this movie. I can't I can't wait, especially anything with Mads Mikkelsen. I'm for I'm there day one. You you can have all my money. I'll give give it out right to yeah. you. Yeah. Well, you know, Mads is just he's like the best there is right now. He's like one of the coolest actors around, and he's so versatile too. Like you can. You can stick him anywhere, and he'll mm-hmm. he'll perform magnificently. Um, yeah, I mean Hannibal is like one of the greatest shows of all time. It is the second greatest show of all time, behind it's behind Breaking Bad. I'm sorry, you you got to give props to, to. Are you a Breaking Bad guy? Oh, I love Breaking Bad. Okay. Yeah, I'm not. I'm not just. I'm not going to disagree with you. Okay. Yeah. No. It, it, Hannibal's definitely number two on that list, and it's a close number two. I'm not saying. Yeah. It's you know further apart but Hannibal is just and it's such it's such a damn shame I've talked about it many times on the show before it's such a damn shame that they got rid of that and other series like I I, I don't think I don't know if you're a f- fan of like the Grimm show but uh, no, I haven't watched it but like that's been on for six years and it's like yeah how does that stay on for six years when its ratings aren't very different from Hannibal yeah you know I that's a good question and I I think uh I don't know what it is like what the fuck <laughs> I th- well, Hannibal is so goddamn good, and the worst part is that the cast and Brian Fuller keep talking about like, oh, oh we'll do a movie or we'll Brian bring Fuller. it back, and 
but it's just like we know it's not going to happen and so yeah. maybe they should just stop tantalizing us with that because it hurts more it hurts like, real bad it really does and you know it's i'd like to call, say you know more full full of shit that's what i'd like to say <laughs> brian fuller you left okay you you left the series high and dry and yeah. you didn't help us in negotiations. I say us, like you know, we're part of it. Um, you didn't we help. We are though. We're the paying audience. That's true. That is true. You didn't help in negotiations. You went out to do your. Uh, maybe American Gods will be good. I don't know. But but you left to do that, and then now you got your hands in the Star Trek show. Maybe that could be good too. I don't know. But what the fuck? Like seriously? Like what? What are you doing? Like you you spent so much time. You made the show what it was. You were so, you're faithful to the source material, and then you just leave. And, and honestly, they could have made a deal um, if they could have gotten the rights of Silence of the Lambs. They could have brought in Clarice and the show would have kept going. I honestly believe that some network or some platform would have picked them up if they could have gotten those rights. And because he was not there, I don't know how well the, the negotiations went, but it clearly it didn't happen. So, yeah, you know, it's it's a big shame and it's like. One of those things where I'm always gonna it's always gonna be lingering in the back of my mind is like, what if they did season four? But you know what? Uh the the finale is pretty great. So it's great. And you know, that ending, like if they had to end they they were smart. Obviously they thought, you know, this could be the end mm-hmm. and they gave us a perfect kind of series finale, even though, you know, well, it could have gone on. Yeah. I mean, you could say the same thing about season two at the end of season two because um they kind of left it as if if they didn't get picked up, they were fine with that, you know. Yeah. Uh, not to spoil at the end of season two for people who haven't watched, but a lot of shit goes down at the end of season two, and you're like, how could they possibly yeah. keep going? And I feel like that was their excuse to, uh, you know, if just in case they weren't picked up, and they were even, I think they were even surprised that they were picked up for a third season. Mm-hmm. And obviously, some plans did change on the show because they pretty much confirmed that uh, Chilton was supposed to die um, right. a while ago. <laughs> um, he's he's literally, you can't kill him. He just, you mean when he got shot in the head? Oh, well, yeah, yeah that, was the, that, was the, that was the big one. You know, I mean, the man, the man survived everything. There's, there's yeah, nothing you can do to kill him. He's gutted and eviscerated. And he may, he's, like, he's, he's Wolverine. That's basically what he is. He is a tough psychiatrist. Yeah. And, you know, it, I honestly think that he did a better job uh, on the, I forget the name of the actor, but he did a better job than... Uh, What's his face in the in the movies? Um, Christ, I'm forgetting the actor's name. But it was it was pitch, it was perfect. Like I, I yeah. Anyway, we're getting on a tangent here about Hannibal. Which it's a perfect show. I sh- I should have known yeah. was going to happen, but we well, just brought up Maz Mikkelsen. I know. And, you know, it just snowballs from there. Another uh, great Maz Mikkelsen movie, which I don't know if you've seen, The Hunt. You know, I haven't seen that one yet. Oh my god! It's I mean, it's it is Danish. So it's on Netflix right now. You can watch mm-hmm. it. Um, it is a fucked up movie, but it's great. He's he's amazing. He won um at the at con for the um best actor for that movie. Oh, that's uh, awesome. Which is interesting because it was it was the same year that uh, uh Refn won for uh, directing Drive. Oh, nice. Yeah, so a little little uh nod there. Anyway, yeah. uh, moving on. Um, speaking of uh <laughs> interesting people. Uh, we have uh, Hacksaw Ridge coming out the same day, which is the first movie directed by Mel Gibson in 10 years. You know, I'm, I'm excited for this one. I, I, Mel Gibson is obviously a controversial figure. You think? Uh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, a little bit, a little bit. 
but he's undeniable as a director, I think. Like, his last movie was Apocalypto, mm-hmm. and I think that movie is brilliant. It's so good. It's such a good action movie. And the fact that it's like all on a dead language and with subtitles and it's it doesn't it's just so cool. And and the fact that he put Where's Waldo in that movie for you to find <laughs> is just amazing. Yeah. And you know, he's a great actor too. He's not acting in this one, but I love Mel Gibson. I think he's great. I mean, he might be a, a horrible douchebag in person, but I love his work. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And, you know, I'm a Jewish guy, and I forgive him for his wow. anti-Semitic remarks. That's On a... behalf of all Jews, I forgive <laughs> Mel Gibson. I don't know if you can do that. <laughs> I, I'm, I'm taking the liberty and doing it, but he also has problems with uh, every other non-straight white male, you know, that is uh, true. kind of person. So I can't. Can't help in those regards. Mm-hmm. I honestly don't know what to say about this. I mean, it's uh, it's a war movie, so that's kind of cool. Um, Andrew Garfield's in there. That's kind of cool. Doing a very strange or a very strong accent. <laughs> is he? I, I yeah. If you've seen the trailer, he is doing quite a southern accent. Hmm. It. I don't know if it's realistic or not. Oh, it sounds like a, a. It sounds like Foghorn Leghorn. Oh, oh, now I have to watch this now. Um, yeah, I mean, he is British, so I guess, you know, he can get away with that. But yeah, it's interesting. Uh, I, I'm curious to see how people receive this movie. Maybe people maybe it's just not a good movie and people, uh, you know, won't take to it. But eh, who knows? Yeah, it's hard to say. Uh, well, you know, I think uh, I think because Mel Gibson's been acting a little bit in some things like Expendables 3 or and Machete Kills. Machete Kills. And, uh, I feel like he's done. Oh, wow. Uh, he just had Bloodfather just mm-hmm. came out um, and Get the Gringo. And I feel like people are opening up to having Mel be back into the you know public conscious. I think his first thing back was Machete Kills, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I think so. Which, I mean, I mean, I, I think he's great in the movie. I think the movie's just okay itself, but he's great in the, in the, in the movie. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, we'll, we'll see what happens with that. I don't – I'd be very surprised if uh, – even if it is very well received, if it does get any uh, any um, award uh, recognition, just because of the whole thing with him, yeah, I kind of doubt it'll get much recognition. But mm-hmm. you know, I hope it's good. He already has his Oscars, so that's I mean, true. And he has all the money in the world, so yeah, he'll be he'll be fine. I, I don't yeah. worry about him. I'm not worried about Mel Gibson. <laughs> I hope not. <laughs> uh, moving on, we have um, Arrival coming out the next week, uh, November 11th. Um, uh, Dennis Villanueva, um, very, very good, promising director, um, best known for Sicario. Uh, he did uh, Prisoners, I believe. Yep. Um, and Enemy. And Okay, and Enemy too. Um, and also is doing the new Blade Runner movie, which I yeah. think is a great choice if you're not going to get Ridley Scott back, which you probably don't want to. Uh, <laughs> it's it's a great choice. Um, this, yeah, absolutely. It's a very, he's, a, he's a great director. He's and he's still like he's still figuring this stuff out too. Like it's he's not even in his prime yet, and he's still putting out quality work. Um, the the one thing is like his normal guy, his normal DP is Deacons, and he's not around for for this one. I think um, I think part of it is that the, he was busy doing the uh, the Hail Caesar movie for the Coens, right. but um, but no, it looks amazing. It looks like it as if he was to do a 
science fiction movie with aliens and you know the uh the the big orb looking ships look good all the scenery looks good it's an interesting premise with uh um amy adams as a, as a linguist um trying to communicate with the aliens which good luck <laughs> yeah um it seems like they they they, they, they just talk in circles literal circles um mm-hmm. so it's it's gonna be interesting i know jeremy renner's in there I, I hope he's not just comic relief which the trailer makes him out to be um but i jeremy renner is a weird actor and I, I feel like he still hasn't found his role like his you know his strong spot i don't i feel like he did but then people just forgot about him like i know he does he's in the marvel cinematic universe now but he had his roles like he uh, hurt locker and the town like those were his roles and yeah. then people just forgot about him and then he showed up as as hawkeye I don't know if he's being typecast now, but because Hawkeye is such a fun character, but I, I wonder if uh, like Born Four really yeah, hurt his career. It really did because they were going to do a Hawkeye movie, and were this, they? Why? Why would you do that? Why not? <laughs> I don't know if you could do a Hawkeye movie. A full Hawkeye. I mean, I mean there have been good Hawkeye comics. He would need like Matt Fraction stuff, but yeah, he would need a, a good supporting cast. Yeah, um, I mean, maybe a Hawkeye and Black Widow team up movie that's another one i heard about but you know i I don't know if we'll get either of them definitely not the hawkeye movie yeah um but the fact that there is no black widow movie is kind of a crime in itself it's really stupid yeah and it's like what are they waiting for i feel like everyone is on board for that except marvel well back i mean back in the day they they would have been off board on it but you know they are doing captain marvel so but it seems kind of late, though. Like she's been in so many movies that yeah, it's like well, yeah. she's become like the de facto supporting character, mm-hmm. which is cool. You know, I love seeing her pop up. But she, I feel like everyone kind of really digs this character, mm-hmm. and maybe it's time to put her in the spotlight. That's true. Anyway, moving on. Uh, coming out the same uh, weekend, November eleventh. Uh, this is an interesting one. Um, I'd love to hear you uh, go up to the ticket counter and, and say this one. Billy Lynn's <laughs> long halftime walk. Can I get it one? It is a mouthful. Can I get one for Billy Lynn's halftime or long half? See, I even fucked it up. Billy Lynn's long halftime walk. Yeah. You have to say it very carefully. Billy Lynn. <laughs> Just say, can I get one for Billy Lynn? It sounds kind of sounds like Barry Lyndon. <laughs> um, this is Ang Lee. Uh, I think his first film since Life of Pi. I think you may be right. Um, it's an interesting concept from the trailer. It looks like it's just this guy who's coming back from the war and they're telling his story maybe in conjunction with this big ceremony at a football game. Um, yeah. And it, it I mean, it, it kind of looks like uh, an old school Ang Lee movie um, in the sense that it's very character driven. Um, but this premise seems odd to me and I'm, I'm not against the idea but um you know i kind of the, the whole presentation in itself of, of the football stadium and and, and everything uh with the, the the show it looks a little too much to me it, like almost like how life of pi was a little too much at times mm-hmm. um and another big question is the title character billy lynn i'm just going to call him barry linden um okay <laughs> It's it's an unknown actor. He's he's never done yeah. it. This is his first role, so that's a big that's a big risk. Um, well, and the, one of the other interesting things about this movie is that all of the war scenes were shot in high frame rate. Uh, really? Yeah, to uh, give them like a 
apparently a more visceral, immediate look. They, they do know that Spielberg did that already, right? <laughs> they, they do know they're, that, right? They're, uh, you know, they're hoping that people forgot they're, about they're, that. They're, uh, they're 18 years too late? Yeah. Well, you know, Ang Lee is a really strong director who hasn't made a great movie in a little while. I guess mm-hmm. not since uh, the Hulk, Brokeback I know. Mountain. Well, I I love <laughs> his Hulk movie. Oh, come on! I love it. It's great. It's such a different, unique take on a superhero. Shut, shut movie. up! <laughs> <laughs> what? I love it. Uh, but and no, you, know you are. I'm proud of it. You are right. Brokeback Mountain is probably his best movie. His last good movie. Yeah, that's I, I, years ago. I, I that was like 2006, I think. Um, 2005, according to maybe that's like the festival release. That could have been but 2005. Yeah. I'm not sure, but um, yeah, he won an Oscar for that too. Um, yeah, you know, it's it's I, I wasn't a big fan of Life of Pi, and you know, I'm I'm glad that he's going back and doing something that's not too much. Like I I like I know I said that the the whole presentation everything's a little bit much, but this is a more subdued. Ang Lee than we've gotten in previous movies, mm-hmm. so yeah, it'd be interesting to see. Um, I'm sure it's going to get a lot of recognition around uh, you know the the Oscars and everything. So yeah, I mean he is one of our more prestigious directors, I would say. Yeah, that's. I mean, he's got the hardware to back it up too. <laughs> yep. <laughs> um, Although I don't know how something like Life of Pi wins for best cinematography. Don't get, don't, get, don't get me started. Don't you do you don't want to have this argument. <laughs> it's not even an argument because I'm agreeing with you, but yeah, it's just like Avatar. The fact that fucking Deacon's lost to to, to fucking a CG movie. Deacon's they, will never win. I know. It's just a fact. I don't know why it is. I don't know what they have against him. I think uh, because so the best cinematography Oscar is voted on by other cinematographers, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Do Are they, they just jealous of him and they won't vote for him? I don't know. I have no idea. I mean, um, who is it that he, um, uh, Chivo, he's, he's won what three of the last four years, I think. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying he's not good. Like he's, he's a great cinematographer, very talented, but, but come on, come on. Yeah, really. Let's, let's be honest here. Come on. Um, (laughs) and honestly, like, and maybe part of the reason why he didn't win that year when life of Pi won was because it was for a James Bond movie. And maybe that's kind of sullied people a bit, even though it, lo- it, it looks so goddamn good. It was the best looking James Bond movie ever and ever will be. Yeah. So it's like the one of the best looking action movies ever. You could argue one of the best looking movies ever. Yeah. Not just action. And I would argue that. Yeah. Oh, it's amazing. It. It's a, And it's a crime that he hasn't. He didn't win for. Can we uh, can we call the police? Because I think we should. Yeah. All right. I'll get right on that. Um. <laughs> coming up next we have the following weekend uh interesting placing we have um fantastic beasts and where to find them uh, i'm not a harry potter guy i'll just say that out outright um are you a harry potter guy uh not really you know i just marathoned all eight movies oh God. uh like a few months ago so i just saw them all for the first time mm-hmm. and i enjoyed them uh, you know a bit some are better than others it's kind of inconsistent as a series, I never read the books, uh, but you know, I I don't hate it, and I'm I'm willing to. I'll I'll probably see this movie. My, I know all my friends will see it, mm-hmm. so why not? And you know, I hope it's good. We'll see. I mean, it is. It's a. It's technically it's a spinoff of a fake book in Harry Potter, I believe. Right. Um, yeah. 
which is interesting in the first place because they have to create all new source material and everything for that. So it's tech. It, it, did J.K. Rowling actually write the book that it's based on? Uh, I don't. I don't know if if the book actually exists, but she did write this screenplay. It's okay. the first of the movies that she actually wrote herself. Well, close enough. Um, yeah. And obviously, David Yates is coming back. He did the last four Harry Potter movies, and um, oddly enough, the Tarzan movie that came out a few months ago. Yeah. So he's having he, a good year. <laughs> well, I mean, I don't know. I don't know how good a year it is when one of your movies is a horrendous bomb and a critical failure. Uh, well, cr- if I remember correctly, critically it was average, middle of the road, but it made money overseas. So. Uh, yeah, I guess that's the new barometer for success. It, no, it, it really, it totally is. Like, yeah, look at the Warcraft movie. Like, the, the only reason why they might do a second one is because it made over four hundred million dollars in in uh, foreign markets, and they might not even release the sequel in the U.S. So that should tell you everything you need to know. Hell, I mean, they're making Pacific Rim two, and it didn't make any money are here. They, are they though? Yeah, they are. Because Guillermo is uh, he, he keeps leaving the project. Yeah, he, well, he's he's officially off, but it's happening. It's being directed by um, the guy, the showrunner of Daredevil season two. I can't remember his name. Not uh, huh? not Drew Drew Goddard, right? No, it's um, he was season one. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, it's the Daredevil. I think it's like his first d- movie he's directing, but it's being uh, it's starring John Boyega. Oh, I did as hear about Idris that. Elba's yeah. son. Oh, his Zachary son. Pentecost Jr. Okay. I thought maybe it might be a prequel. No, I think it's a sequel. Okay. Well, why? They closed the portal at the end. Spoiler. Yeah. I don't know. I don't know what it's going to be. Oh, it's Stephen DeKnight. <laughs> DeKnight? That's the <laughs> DeKnight or D-Knight. D-Knight. D-E-K-N-I-G-H-T. Oh, good Lord. Yeah. <laughs> um, by the way, in case From you... Millville, New Jersey, by the way. Oh, shit. Really? Yeah, apparently. Oh, I'm, I'm a big fan now. <laughs> um, in case you're wondering, uh, they've already announced a sequel to the Fantastic Beast movie for 2018. So I believe they're going to milk this for as long as they can. Yeah, and then the room, there's rumors, too, that they want to do a, a trilogy based around the Cursed Child, the, oh, the new play. Oh, God. I mean, they obviously, they're not hitting the notes they want to with uh, their superhero movies. So Warner Brothers is just going full into Harry Potter, which has never failed them <laughs> thus far. Yeah, thus, thus far. And I think this will be a, a big success as well. Yeah, I think so. Uh, coming up, uh, I believe it is the... Fa- no, same same, uh, same weekend, uh, November 18th, we have uh, more Oscar bait. Uh, Manchester by the Sea. I don't know what this movie is. It stars Casey Affleck and other people. But apparently it's getting a ton of buzz for Oscars. Yeah. It seems like a very Oscar-y movie. Uh, yeah, it has a lot of buzz. So I guess what it is is Kyle Chandler dies and then... Oh, spoiler. Casey, well, I, th- I think that's like the opening of the movie. Oh. And then Casey Affleck has to raise his kid. And it's like, it's sad. Why would I want to watch this? <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Apparently it's good. I don't know. Uh, well, That's like one of those movies that's like... Maybe I'll go see it. The trailer was kind of like, eh, mm-hmm. didn't convince me of anything. Yeah, I I can't say any more to it. I <laughs> we're gonna move on because I don't know. <laughs> I don't know what yeah. to say. Um, the following week, November twenty fifth, we have uh, Allied, which is the new uh, Robert Zemeckis movie. Um, which surprisingly, um, the trailer doesn't show much because it looks like a teaser. But uh, 
it really looks like Mr. and Mrs. Smith in World War II. You know, that doesn't sound that bad to me. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, you know, I like Brad and Angelina. Well, Angelina's not in it. Oh, no, it's uh, Marion Cotillard. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I like her, too. Her, uh, best, yeah, you know. <laughs> her best role is uh, in The Dark Knight Rises <laughs> when she dies from a tummy ache. Uh, yeah. That, yeah. <laughs> There's nothing you can say about that. <laughs> nothing, nothing to say. But, you know, Robert Zemeckis has been a great director in the past. I like that he's getting away from making all these like motion capture movies. The big CG movies like uh, Walk and uh, what was the what was the one before that? I, I don't even remember. But he, yeah, he's, he's become like the lesser James Cameron almost. Yeah. And that's saying something. <laughs> you know, and he like he's made some classics, some stone cold classics, and he hasn't made a really great movie in a long time. I don't know if this will be it, but I hope so. I don't know. I mean, it is getting a little talk for Oscars, but that's simply because Zemeckis' name is on it. Yeah, it's got prestige, you know, with those actors, with him. It's, like, worth keeping an eye out for, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, coming out the same day, uh, I don't know how much we're going to be able to talk about this one because uh, even though there is a trailer, I don't know what to say about it other than give facts. Um, it's uh, <laughs> it's called Rules Don't Apply, which is uh, the first directed Warren Beatty movie since 1998 when he did Bullsworth um and he's he's acting in it as well and uh, apparently it's his first acting role since 2001 so i guess that counts for something i don't know yeah it makes a a bit of an event at least it it kind of looks like a weird like it kind of feels like they, they did a coen brothers comedy but light and yeah they didn't go full force with it um cuz it has like a huge cast and um, you know, Warren Beatty's playing Howard Hughes. Um, young Han Solo's in it. He's some guy oh, yeah. who, who drives, I think. Who was amazing in uh, uh, Hail Caesar. One of the few good things about Hail Caesar. <laughs> hey, I liked it. Well, I'm curious in uh, a second viewing if my opinion will change. But uh, I mean, it wasn't one of their best movies, but I enjoyed the two hours I spent with it, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, that's, that's all I can really say about it. I don't know what else to talk about with that. Um, we can, yeah, move. you know, Warren Beatty's great. You know, it's cool that he's making another movie. Hopefully it's good. Mm-hmm. Who knows? Oh, we'll see. Uh, moving on again, same day, kind of counter programming. We have, um, bad Santa two, which kind of came out of nowhere. Um, I don't remember hearing anything about it until the trailer dropped and boy, did it drop. <laughs> yeah. Um, they played um, a version of the trailer uh, before Sausage Party, I think, when I went to go see that. And I was just like, man, this feels like a complete retread. And then I watched the Red Band trailer, and I was like, yep, that's what it is. <laughs> yeah, well, you know, it's a whole different creative team from the original. None of the writers or directors are back, which is a shame. It is directed by Mark Waters, who directed Mean Girls, mm-hmm. uh, which is a great movie. Uh I don't know. I love Bad Santa. The original is so so fun and just so good. It does kind of look like a retread. I don't know if it'll have anything new to offer, but yeah, I I I, I mean, and then you also lost Bernie Mac and John Ritter, and it's just like yeah, you know. I I guess you could have made the movie still without the two of them, but like you know, and then they bring the the, the kid back. It's the same kid, and he's twenty. Mm-hmm. Was he twenty one or eighteen or whatever, something like that? He's older than yeah. he was in the original. <laughs> 
good way to put it. Yeah. Um, it's just it's weird. I, I'm sure it'll do well. I just don't know what to really think of it. You know, if it gives me 90 minutes and a, you know, of some laughter. Oh, I thought you were going to say just 90 minutes. I was like, oh, I, I'm sure it could do that. Yeah. <laughs> 90 funny minutes or, oh, okay. you know, at least, yeah. Mm-hmm. I hope it's good. We'll see. All right. Uh, moving on. Um, this one's a little weird because uh, I, we don't have a confirmed date yet. But, um, you know, again, another Oscar buzz movie. Uh, according to some sources, it might get a November release. However, um, according to Yahoo that I looked it up on, uh, they were talking about December 22nd. So it might be one of those late, uh, you know, os- just sneaking it in in a couple couple theaters, Oscar type uh, scenario. And that is the new Martin Scorsese movie called Silence, which apparently he's been trying to make for a long time. And yeah. uh, I don't know the story a, a, a ton, but I think it's like 17th century uh, parishioners. Um, in, yeah, in Japan. Yeah, and um, Liam Neeson's in it. I heard he lost a ton of weight for the movie. Um, same with uh, Andrew Garfield, who's in it. Um, but like I said, like they've been trying to make this movie for a long time. They finally made it, and then they made it, and then no one talked about it. Like, no one said anything about it, and it just kind of... I'm sure it's done. It's probably on the shelf somewhere. Um, yeah. Maybe they're just waiting for Oscar season, which is kind of what happened to another movie that we're going to get to very shortly. But um, it's, I mean, I'd, I'd watch it, but it's just, it's an interesting choice, especially yeah. coming from uh, Scorsese. There have been no trailers. I think I've seen like maybe one photo from the movie. I've uh, seen two photos and it's literally one with Liam Neeson, one with Andrew Garfield. Yeah. So. <laughs> uh, you know, it's Scorsese, and it's going to be great. I I can't remember the last time he's made like a, a bad movie. Even his, you know, misfires are interesting and, you know, singular. Mm-hmm. Uh, I You know, I can't wait. And it, it's going to be apparently his longest movie ever. It's over three hours. Oh, God. It'll be longer than The Aviator and uh, of Wall Street. <laughs> is there any redeemable characters in this one? Uh I guess we'll have to find out in either November or December. <laughs> yeah, whichever. If it ever comes out. <laughs> exactly. Um, yeah, so, okay, let's uh, move on. Uh, we have some more Oscar talk for another movie. Uh, La La Land, which is an odd title, uh, comes out December 2nd, but it's, um, how do you say his name? It's Damien... I think it's Chazelle. Chazelle? I, I could be wrong. That, that works for me. Um, obviously, he's That's be- how I say it, at least. Yeah, it totally works. Um He's best known for Whiplash from uh, two years ago, I believe it was. Yeah, I believe so. Um, and also, I forgot he was a writer for uh, Ten Cloverfield Lane, which yeah. explains a lot. <laughs> yeah, and you know he also wrote for uh, he was he wrote um, Grand Piano with Elijah Wood. I don't know if you've seen that one, but I've, that's a really good thriller. I've never heard of it. Grand it, Piano. It may still be on Netflix. It stars Elijah Wood. John Cusack and Alex Winter of Bill and Ted fame. Oh God! <laughs> and it's a it's a really cool, tense little thriller. Okay, it looks uh, it's like, like musically inclined as well. I remember seeing a pre previews for this on um, random Blu-ray releases for whatever yeah. studio this is. Um, it definitely is one of those like that. I think it may have won DTV or you know just like digital only. 
Mm-hmm. It definitely went under the radar, but it's pretty fun. And it's definitely like if you can stream it on Netflix, it's a good, you know, it's a good 90 minutes. But La La Land looks great. I, I'm really into musicals. I love musicals and uh, I love uh, Ryan Gosling and Emma Stone and I love the two of them together. They have great chemistry and the trailers all look really beautiful and like well shot. Mm-hmm. Um, just to confirm, uh, it is still on Netflix and I just added it to my queue. There you go. Um, and no, I, I agree with, uh, what you're talking about with the trailer. Um, it's, it's definitely looks interesting. They don't give you a whole lot in the trailer other than some singing and some cool looking shots. Um, this is the third time Emma Stone and Ryan Gosling have teamed up. Um, can you name the other two? Of course. Uh, Gangster Squad and Crazy Stupid Love. Ah, very nice. Neither one of those are particularly good movies, <laughs> but the both of them, the both of those actors are very good in them, mm-hmm. and they play off each other just very well. Do you think that they're going to go for a, a fourth at some point, just to, so they can break up the uh, record with uh, Bradley Cooper and Jennifer Lawrence? I think they have to. They're the the much more interesting screen couple, in my <laughs> opinion. Well, I, better I, actors too. Oh, fighting words. Oh yeah. You know, I like Jennifer Lawrence and Bradley Cooper. They're good, but, but they're I not... think they're a little overrated. They shouldn't be nominated for an Oscar for every movie they do. Let's say that. <laughs> I can see the Jennifer Lawrence uh, argument. Um, Bradley Cooper's what, been nominated three times? I think so, at least. Um, but he hasn't won. Jennifer Lawrence has, so she has, yeah. she has a bit of an edge. Emma Stone, she's only been nominated once. Um, Gosling, same, only nominated once. So... Maybe I don't know. Maybe uh, I mean I'm, I know the Academy likes musicals, and I'm we're not sure if this is a 100% musical. Like obviously they show musical elements in there, and I'm sure there's going to be singing. But you know this probably isn't like a. I guess the most recent one would have been Les Mis, where they sing the whole movie. Right. Um. So I hope it's nothing like Les Mis. What a <laughs> what a turkey of a movie that was. But they recorded it live. You have to respect them for doing that. You know, it was an audacious uh, undertaking, and it didn't pay off at all. It's it's an interesting movie. That's all I'll say. <laughs> it is interesting, for sure. Um, anyway, moving on. Uh, we have uh, December 9th. Uh, no trailer yet for this one, but uh, it's it's called uh, Nocturnal Animals. It's, it's the new uh, Tom Ford movie, which... He is probably best. I mean, obviously, he's the designer. We all know that. Mm-hmm. But um, he can't. He had the uh, movie A Single Man that came out a couple years ago, um, which I still think Colin Firth was more deserving for that one than the King's Speech to win an Oscar. But they clearly felt differently, <laughs> uh, the Academy. So um, I'm interested. Well, you know, that feels like one of those decisions where they're like, oh, shit, we screwed up. We didn't give it to him for the good movie. Let's give it to him for this crappy King's Speech. <laughs> And it also it was it was like the the darling that year too. So yeah, you know they, I don't know why. I mean, the King's Speech isn't bad, but it's just not. It's it's what they love that kind of stuff. It's an uplifting, yeah. true story. You know, it's like it's it's made. For they them. want like they want yeah like that straight down the middle, just like kind of. It's like well made. It's like a handsomely produced movie, but it's just inoffensive and bland mm-hmm. and not that special. <laughs> But this one, uh, this is this has uh, Jake Gyllenhaal in it, um, doing. Who's in a bit of a career like uh, resurgence, yeah, yeah. Um, and he's a good actor, you know. I yeah, he's great. I'm curious to see what what uh, what they do. the The plot's not very uh, descriptive. I don't even have it up here. Let me 
Let me go check real, real quick. I feel like um, it, it's it's definitely. I mean, we we saw with uh, Nightcrawler that Jake Gyllenhaal, he can he can he has chops, for, yeah. for lack of a better term. But uh, and by the way, Jake Gyllenhaal and Nightcrawler is one of the great underrated and underappreciated by the Academy performances because I think that was the best performance of that year in any category and it wasn't even nominated. It may have been, although I think that was the same year as uh, Michael Keaton uh, for Birdman. So I love Michael Keaton, but two very different movies, obviously two very different performances, but uh, it's, yeah, it's ridiculous that he can get nominated at least. Um, Amy Adams is in this uh, Army Hammer. <laughs> they found <laughs> Army Hammer. Um, Michael Shannon. So, I mean, you got some good guys in here. Yeah. So it And then some not so good guys like Aaron Taylor Johnson. Who is he? He's uh Oh, 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 he's, he's uh, kick-ass, kickass and Godzilla and uh, uh Pietro. <laughs> the <laughs> Avengers. Yeah. Um yeah. All right. <laughs> all right. Now, you know, I'm excited for Nocturnal Animals. It's got a, it's got a interesting synopsis. Mm-hmm. Like it's, it's like a, a story within a movie kind of weird thing. So here's the synopsis. An art gallery owner is haunted by her ex-husband's novel, a violent thriller she interprets as a veiled threat and a symbolic revenge tale. And then apparently half the movie is the real people and then half the movie is the what? novel. What really? Yeah, that's weird. Yeah, it sounds interesting, and you know, it's got a great cast. It should be hmm. within the a proven director. Yeah, so. I, I, obviously, you know, he 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 knocked that out of the park the first time. So I have I have all the confidence in the world. Although more than likely, this is going to be one of those ones that I will have to look out for because <laughs> more than likely, yeah. I doubt it's going to be playing anywhere around here. So. Have fun with that one. <laughs> I'll let you know how it is. All right. Uh, sounds good. <laughs> um, okay. So before we get to Star Wars, um, real quick, uh, coming out the same day is uh, the movie The Founder, which uh, December 16th. Um, they originally, and by the way, this is the um, the Ray Kroc movie with Michael Keaton. Ray Kroc, obviously known for owning uh, all the McDonald's. Um, right. This movie was supposed to come out in August. And uh, the studio, I forget who, who the studio is, but the studio decided to move this back to award season because they feel like this could be a um, possible contender, especially Michael Keaton. Um, I feel like this is going to backfire on them. And I'm not saying that it would have been uh, a contender if they had released it in August, but I feel like no, especially considering everything that's coming out in December, I feel like it might get lost, especially considering yeah. it's, it's also part comedy as well. Um, so it's, it's, a, it's an interesting choice because I remember... I was excited to see this back in August when it was supposed to come out and then nothing. Now we're in September and I'm like, well, I guess it never came out. Um, but yeah, so it's, I, I, I want to I mean, I'll watch Michael Keaton do anything. Yeah, me too. Even if it's in like a shitty, like RoboCop or something like that. Um, but it's definitely, uh, it's definitely out there trying to get some, some, uh, some Oscar baiting. Yeah. Well, you know, I don't know if this would have, done that well in august either it seems like this movie seems like a a weird fit for any time of the year it's just like a i don't they're definitely think they can get the oscars well clearly they're not going for box office because if they did they wouldn't put it up to fucking rogue one you know yeah (laughs) 
So um, it does have a great cast besides oh, yeah. Michael Keaton. Nick There's Offerman. Linda Cardellini, oh, Pat, yeah. Patrick Wilson, Nick Offerman, Laura Dern, mm-hmm. John Carroll Lynch. Yeah. Uh, it could be really cool. Which is interesting because I wonder how closely they're going to follow the actual true story of uh, the McDonald's brothers um, in the movie. Because in real life, it wasn't as um, of a tense situation as it appears in the trailer. So I'm curious if they like overly dra- uh, dra- dramatize it to a point where it gets to be a little much. We'll see. I obviously, you know, the movie hasn't come out yet, but um, I am curious to see how they handle that. And obviously, like I said, Michael Keaton, he's great. He's a great actor, great in everything. So I'm sure he'll do a great job in this too. And it's also directed by um, John Lee Hancock, who is also known for The Blind Side, more Oscar baiting, mm-hmm. uh, Saving Mr. Banks, also Oscar baiting. And uh, the rookie, which is actually not not a bad uh, not a bad movie. So, yeah, who knows? Yeah, we'll see. I'll see it. I mean, I I'm on, always on board for Michael Keaton. All right, so it's worth it's time. Um, <laughs> <laughs> we've we've gone a, a long long ways to finally get to this um, December sixteenth. Obviously, I believe the actual title is Rogue One: A Star Wars Story. Well, we can just refer to it as Rogue One, but. Uh, yeah, the first Star Wars spinoff, and uh, I need I need your thoughts because I don't know how much we've talked about the uh, spinoffs, but um, I get the feeling you're not for this idea. Oh, you're uh, actually completely wrong. Oh, I am totally for it, and I think it's a a really wild idea. This is obviously going to be a big test for the new Lucasfilm, uh, but I, I think it's a fantastic idea to expand the star wars universe past just you know the skywalker family and adjacent people Mm -hmm. uh this idea in particular seems kind of cool you know the stealing the death star plans but more than that it just looks like a good movie you know the trailers are really cool yeah they've had some good trailers um i'm more for this idea than i am the young han solo movie yeah. Um, however, <laughs> seeing uh, episode, and I'm not dissing episode seven. Um, you know, I have nothing against episode seven. I thought it was good, but there was a lot of things in episode seven that kind of concerned me for Lucasfilm as a company and also Disney. And um, I've mentioned this before on uh, previous episodes. Um, there is. I believe something else going on here with this whole Star Wars universe and Lucasfilm and everything. And I, I really am concerned because they haven't talked about it very much, but I'm convinced that they fired Gareth Edwards from this movie and replaced him with Tony Gilroy. Because from what I've been able to gather, um, Gareth Edwards is very uninvolved with the, uh, the reshoots and, I heard that he's doing some in he has some involvement with the editing and everything, but it's not good and it doesn't sound good when you bring in another director and and theoretically writer director um, to reshoot your movie. That's concerning. Yes, and <laughs> well, you know what's funny? So you sent me a, a rundown of all the movies we're going to talk about, mm-hmm. and you know with the title and the release date and the director, and, and then with. It says Rogue One, a Star Wars story, December sixteenth. Director in quotes, Gareth <laughs> <laughs> Edwards. Uh, uh, and you know that is the big thing. So, like, apparently, Christopher McQuarrie uh, rewrote the movie during production, and then all of a sudden, 
the new trailer, Tony Gilroy's name is all over the place. And we've heard there's been so many stories about behind-the-scenes issues. And, yeah, it's totally concerning. And this is not the first time. There was issues behind the scenes with J.J. Abrams during Episode right. 7. This is not. This is nothing new. Um, and I really feel like... You know, this is this is I'm not, I'm not going to say strike two, but this is the second time that this has happened where Disney and Lucasfilm um, are not happy with the, the directors that they have brought in, which really concerns me because you look at, say, a, a movie like Suicide Squad, where for all intents and purposes, that was not David Ayer's movie. That was uh, and we don't have to go into the whole Suicide Squad thing, but um, clearly that's not the movie that he had envisioned. Um I feel like this is what's happening again, and I partly feel like that's what happened with Episode 7 as well. Um, well, you know, with Episode 7, I'm willing to chalk that up to just J.J. Abrams not being that good of a writer. <laughs> <laughs> uh, You're not wrong. Well, you know, because so J.J. came on, and then he decided there was already a script for uh, Episode 7 written by Michael Arndt, hmm. and uh, J.J. decided to throw it out, and he rewrote it like just with like only a month or two before production started. But they, um, when they threw it out, they forced, they literally forced him to work with Lawrence Kasdan. Yeah. They, the Disney was the one that brought him in. It, it wasn't the fact that JJ was like, Oh, let's bring in Lawrence Kasdan. You know, he was successful with empire. No, it, they literally brought him in because either a, they didn't trust him, or B, they thought that they could make. And I know Kasdan's known for, uh, you know, the quippy dialogue and everything. So I'm, I'm sure that had something to do with it, but, um, they clearly didn't trust JJ and didn't like the original ideas that he had. And there was a lot of contention there between the two sides to the point where I feel like originally they wanted JJ to make all three movies. And once he, he, he realized the situ situation that he was in, he decided I'll, I'll produce cause you know, that's not as difficult and I'll direct the first one and I'll wash my hands clean of it. And that's kind of what yeah. has happened. Well, you know, I wonder, too, if the troubles with these two movies are just because they came together so quickly. And then mm. I'm I'm hoping that the future movies will work out a little more because there's so much lead way. So episode eight is being written and directed by Ryan Johnson. Yes. Who is, you know, probably my favorite contemporary director. I think he's incredible. He has the chance to make the best Star Wars movie ever. Yes, I agree. One hundred percent. And I mean, it's still that's still a year away, I guess. Mm -hmm. But we haven't heard any drama behind that. They just wrap production, I think. No. And which is a little worrisome because and not that we should be hearing drama, but I hope he's not caving in to Disney and Lucasfilm's demands. Yeah, because I feel like um, whatever he wrote and clear, like he has said before, he's on record as saying he was not given all the information from episode seven while he was writing the script. Right. Which is odd. Which is a little, yeah, very odd. And the fact that they, for I, I don't know how much I believe this one, but they were saying how Ray and Finn and Poe weren't in episode eight all that much. And he was bringing in new characters as leads. And I, that's, that's a little odd to me. So I kind of don't believe that one just because, it doesn't make much why? sense. Why the fuck would they? Why, who in the right mind would do that in the first place? You know, it's not well, like it makes. Yeah, it makes sense to not have Poe because he was your, supposed to die early stages because he was supposed to die yeah. exactly. But 
you know, obviously they had to make some change. They made some changes once episode seven came out and, you know, people responded to this or that and, you know, whatever way. And let's not forget, and I'm not saying that this had anything to do with any contention or anything, but this, they had to rewrite this too, episode eight. You know, they, they literally, because originally it was supposed to come out uh, next May and they delayed it because of rewrites. But in this case, they at least have the time to oh, sure. make the rewrites good and still shoot it. And you know, they've wrapped production, and now they have plenty of post time to really fine tune the movie. I mean, you more say- than they had for like Rogue One or Episode Seven. It seems. It seems that way, but it's. It also seemed like they had a lot of time after they finished Episode Seven as well, because like. The first trailer was like a, like almost a, a little less than a year before the movie even came out. So yeah, you know they they had something at that point. Um, but also counter argument, um, Suicide Squad was finished way before that release was, and then they did the reshoots. So it's hard to say. You know, I'm not saying it's it's not going to be good, but I'm also not I, saying that it's going to be yeah. perfect. I'm holding out hope just because of Ryan Johnson. Yeah. But back to Rogue One, (laughs) (laughs) the actual movie that's coming out this year. Uh, I think Gareth Edwards is a really strong director. Mm -hmm. Uh, Godzilla is really well directed, and it it fails as a movie because they kill Brian Cranston's character. It fails as a movie because it doesn't have characters. The only character in the movie is Brian Cranston. Right. But, you know, if it carried him through the whole movie, I think it would have been a lot stronger. Get rid of, you know, Aaron Johnson and Elizabeth Olsen. Or just fucking get rid of, uh, what's his face? Um, I don't want to say the Asian guy because that makes me sound racist. Um, And uh, Watanabe. uh, Ken Watanabe. Like, what, what, what purpose did he serve in that movie? Other than to say, let them fight. Hey, that's a great line. That's a great trailer line. Sure, right but Brian Cranston could have delivered that. Yeah, well, that movie will always have an asterisk. But I like the the actual Godzilla stuff. Oh yeah, the, the fights are so good. Gareth Edwards is so good at directing action, mm-hmm. and even uh, his first movie, Monsters, mm-hmm. is a really good little you know monster movie for what he had to go through to actually make that. It's very, it's pretty solid. Yeah. You know, um, I mean, but with all this drama, who knows? It could definitely be another Suicide Squad. Episode seven, you know, I'm not a huge defender of episode seven, but uh, it's got a lot of problems, but it still works as a movie. The characters are great. Of course, because, you know, episode four worked as a movie as well. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Episode, Episode four, as in the original, is... I think the best of the Star Wars movies. I kind of lean towards that as well. Um, And honestly, it really sucks that I have to say episode four because I feel like nowadays people wouldn't understand if I just said the original. Be like, what do you mean the original? Because I mean, let's let's be real. People didn't say episode four when it came out. Yeah, people get it's a little confusing when all of a sudden there's like three prequels and now there's spinoffs and yeah sequel series and even, all kinds of stuff even when uh return of the jedi and empire came out the other than the opening scroll they didn't market it as episode five and six yep but then again at the same time they didn't really market episode seven as episode seven it was more so the force awakens so right which is interesting that they they're moving away from the episode you know subtitle you think that might be well 
I, oh, at first I thought maybe that was to just make sure people didn't get confused because of all the new spinoffs that are coming out. But I, I feel think like, it would make it even yeah. it would make it less confusing. Yeah, exactly. If you have you know the main trilogy with episode in the title and then a Star Wars story for the rest of them. Mm-hmm. Do you think but, that uh, Rogue One has a uh, opening scroll? That's a good question. Because they've asked uh, Gareth Edwards, who let's be honest, we can't ask anymore, and yeah. um, Kathleen Kennedy, and neither one could really answer. So we'll They're see. They're probably still thinking about that. Yeah, well, they got a lot of things to think about with that. I guess we got to ask Tony Gilroy. What's, That's true. What's happening. That is true. Um, my thoughts are they shouldn't, just to make it different from uh, yeah. the other ones. Just leave. They them should make the... it stand out. Yeah, they really should, and you know, I th- and that's what I I was hoping when they brought in Gareth Edwards, and you know, they were going to let him do what he was going to do and make it. And he said like he wanted to make it a war film with little lightsabers and uh, you know, just oh, an actual war drama. And then Kathleen Kennedy comes out and goes, "Oh no, 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 we don't want it to be a war drama. We want it to be like a normal Star Wars movie." Well, that's not what a Star Wars movie is. So, even though yeah. war's in the title, um. <laughs> so we'll see that's that's literally you know, that, all you can that, say that initial pitch of you know a war drama sounded awesome and you know that sounds great that's what i want to see from these spinoffs is like something different something different yeah something way different and you know what if you watch the trailer you can you can totally see that like mm-hmm. the intention being there we'll see if it actually happens but uh you know i got my fingers crossed for this one i'm i'm still excited even with all the bad buzz mm-hmm. all right uh moving on real quick we're gonna hit the uh christmas movies because we got a, a bunch of them so we'll, we'll rapid fire through these christmas mu- movies uh first up we have oh and by the way i don't think any of these other than assassin's creed has a trailer so we'll we're kind of yeah. grasping at straws here um first up we have uh passengers comes out uh christmas time this is um how do you say his name morton tildum uh- Killed him, I think. Yeah. Okay. He's he he did the uh, uh, imitation game uh, mm-hmm. a couple years ago, and um, the plot summary listed on IMDb it's uh, says uh, the spaceship Starship Avalon in its 120 year voyage to a distant colonial planet known as the Homestead Colony uh, and transporting uh, 5,000 people has a malfunction in its two in two of its sleeping chambers. Uh, as a result, two hibernation pod pen prematurely. That's does, that seems like a typo. <laughs> <laughs> um, and uh, the two people that awoke, uh, Jim Preston, who was Chris Pratt, and Aurora Dunn, Jennifer Lawrence, uh, are stranded on the spaceship till still thirty, or I'm sorry, still ninety years from their destination. So basically, what this sounds like is uh, if you made the movie alien and their pods opened up too quick yeah (laughs) (laughs) well you know it's apparently the script has been floating around for a long time and i think a lot of different actors were attached to it it's an odd casting choice here yeah you know and i already made my thoughts about chris pratt pretty clear Mm -hmm. i have a hard time buying him as a lead actor uh in, in uh, non-comedy roles, right? Exactly. You know, he works in the in an, in an, a wacky ensemble like Guardians of the Galaxy, but mm-hmm. it's just going to be him and Jennifer Lawrence. There's more people in the movie. I yeah, I don't know if they're in the movie a lot, but there's there's more people listed on IMDb. Um, but it's just it's interesting the fact that you have in these two together, and it's going to be like. 
And I, I have faith in the director, but like, this is going to be like two hours of the two of them together. Like, come, mm, I don't yeah. know how I feel about that. Um, and I, like I said, there's no trailer, so we've only been able to look at uh, promotional stills, and there's not that many of them either. And I think the one main one is Chris Pratt's in a spacesuit, and Jennifer yeah. Lawrence isn't. <laughs> that's that's really all that we can go off of for this. Well, you know, I, there's been a lot of like space-based science fiction movies lately, like The Martian mm-hmm. or Gravity, Interstellar, and I like I like that genre. And you know, I would love if this is as good as you know something like The Martian. Yeah, I mean, maybe. I mean, Chris Pratt is funnier than Matt Damon, so. Yeah, I, I guess in, the- in theory, <laughs> yeah, he is more of a comedy guy. Yeah, although The Martian, great comedy, totally. Yeah. yeah, best. Apparently, best according comedy to the uh, the Hollywood Foreign Press, yes, I couldn't I couldn't tell you how many times I was laughing at him in his situation, like, "Oh, you're stranded there." That's so funny. <laughs> uh, <laughs> moving on. Um, so I, before we started recording, I believe we had a Peter Berg discussion. Yeah. Um, and he actually has two movies coming out. The first being um, called Deep Water Horizon, uh, starring Mark Mark Wahlberg, which basically looks like a weird tanker explosion movie. That's an interesting genre. Um, mm-hmm. And that comes out in September. However, his bigger movie um, is called Patriot's Day, which uh, is about the Boston bombing from a couple years ago, um, starring uh, Mark Wahlberg. However, it's interesting, and I'll read you the uh, the plot summary here. Um, an account of Boston Police Commissioner Ed Davis's actions in the events leading up to the 2013 Boston Marathon bombing and the aftermath, which includes a citywide manhunt to find the terrorists behind it. Now, what's interesting about that, Mark Wahlberg's not playing Ed Davis. Mark Wahlberg huh. is playing Sergeant Tommy Saunders, which sounds like just a nor- random police cop guy. Uh, John Davis is being played by John Goodman, and mm. clearly John Goodman's not the lead in this movie. So what the fuck is this synopsis? <laughs> Maybe that's an old synopsis. It could be, uh, but I mean, this is this is an interesting uh, movie. So both both of Peter Berg's movies are uh, based on true stories, mm-hmm. and like even his last one, what, what Lone Survivor, was also a uh, based on true story. Based on a true story. So that seems like his thing with the. So with Patriots Day, I always think it's it's a uh, it's touchy doing a doing a movie about like a a real life tragedy so close so yeah. close. Mm-hmm. Uh, I think sometimes it works. Like I think uh, United ninety three is a really amazing, powerful movie. One of the few Greengrass movies I actually enjoy. Yeah, and it's like I think that his best, in my opinion. I think it was nominated for that one too. Yeah, well, he he deserved it. Um, but then I don't know. It's, it's, it's so strange and, you know, I don't know what to think about this one. I, Peter Berg is a technically competent director. He's made stuff I like. Um, Hancock. Oh, of course. (laughs) Battleship. (laughs) Yeah. Um, I don't know. It's hard. It's odd that I feel like there's been 20 trailers for Deepwater Horizon but not a poster or a trailer or a photo or anything for Patriot's Day. Well, they they probably don't want to get stuff out there too quick for these. Uh, um, I mean, obviously, you know, Rogue One, that's you know highly anticipated. But for a lot of these, it seems like they don't want to get the trailer out too quickly because um, people might forget it. 
by the time the the you know Christmas rolls around. But I'm sure we're going to be I'm... getting some at some point soon. But um, yeah, Patriots Day. <laughs> Patriots Day coming coming to a theater near you. Yeah. Do you think uh, at some point uh, Mark Wahlberg's going to punch the uh, the bomber kid and go welcome to Earth? <laughs> well, you know. So Mark Wahlberg was uh, supposed to be on uh, one of the uh, 9-11 planes. And yeah. he, like, he missed his flight and he said, he literally said that <laughs> if he was on that flight, it wouldn't have crashed. Yeah, he would have. Which I think he, is like one of the craziest yeah. things that you could say. So I'm sure he would love to uh, finally get his chance to I mean, fight some terrorists. If I, was in a, if I had to pick a, a fight between Dirk Diggler and terrorists, I would go Dirk Diggler. He's a powerful man. He is. He knows karate. Yeah, he does. <laughs> um, moving on, uh, we have uh, Fences with your boy, Denzel. Oh, yeah. uh, not only is he the lead, but he's also directing this one. So this is going to be his third feature uh, behind uh, The Great Debaters and Antoine Fisher, mm-hmm. um, which Antoine Fisher, I think, is is a bit underrated. Um not yeah, so much, absolutely. Not so much the great debaters, but um, eh, it's 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 there. Um, so yeah. there's no trailer for this yet. Uh, I can read you the plot synopsis. Uh, an African American father struggles with race relations in the U.S. while trying to raise his family in the 1950s and coming to terms with the events of his life. Kind of broad, but um, basically, this was a play um, on Broadway that uh, Denzel was in with Viola Davis, who was also in the movie, doing the same role. Both of them won Tonys for it, so it has some critical acclaim already behind it. Totally smells like Oscar. It's uh, also adapted by the playwright, August Wilson. Another notch. In the, yeah. yeah. So I'm sure it's, it's – how could it fail? Right. So You know, it seems like, a, seems like all these players are passionate about it, that they're, you know, adapting their work to film and mm-hmm. – I, you know, I'm always I'm always uh, rooting for Denzel, so I think it he uh, it could be good. You know, he's a he hasn't established himself as like a master filmmaker, but you know he he's like serviceable. I think actors always make uh, interesting directors because they know how to work with other actors usually. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so I'm interested. You know, I'd love to see a, a trailer if that ever. Comes I'm out. sure it will come out. I I yeah. wouldn't worry. <laughs> yeah, uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, and the next movie that uh, we're going to be talking about, um, I don't know too much about this one. I believe it's based off of a kids' book. I think uh, it's called A Monster Calls. Um, comes out at Christmas time. This is from uh, J. A. Bayona. How do you, I think that's how you say his name? Um, I think it's close enough. Yeah, I mean, he's the biggest movie he's done so far is The Orphanage, but he's most known as the guy who's taking over Jurassic World 2. So, mm-hmm. well, he also did uh, The Impossible that uh Oh. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah. So he's he's pretty accomplished. Uh This looks like And I uh, Yeah, go ahead. I was going to say this just looks like regular like Disney weird CG monster movie. Kind of reminds me of the BFG. Oh, BFG, you say? <laughs> <laughs> How'd that do? <laughs> uh, yeah. Did you Did you see BFG? I, you know, I did not. And some fan I, you are. 
I know, I, I know. I'm a huge Spielberg fan, but it just didn't reel me in. I don't know. Maybe because you're just not a kid and you don't like fart jokes. Well, I love fart jokes, but it well, still don't don't let people know that. <laughs> <laughs> um. So yeah, no, it's uh, I. Is there a trailer? I don't remember if I saw a trailer. I think I saw a trailer for this. I think there's a trailer, but I don't think I've seen it. It's, I know that uh, Liam Neeson plays the monster. Yeah, he does the voice, I think. Uh, um, it's like a tree monster. Yeah, so it basically, uh, what, is this like, uh, what, what the fuck is that movie called? The um, When he, he plays the lion? What's, what's, what are those movies? The, uh, is that uh, the Chronicles of Narnia? Narnia, that's it, yeah. So it's yeah. basically that. We can all just agree that that's what it is. <laughs> yeah. It's the next Narnia movie. Yeah, because I, I, I don't know anything about it. I mean, I watched the trailer. I'm pretty sure I watched the trailer, and I don't remember anything about it. So, yeah, you good know, job. I, I don't get out to the to many kids' movies. I saw, like, The Jungle Book mm-hmm. this year, which I thought was pretty good. But, I haven't yeah. seen The Jungle Book yet, and I refuse to go out to kids' movies anymore due to my bad experience of the last one. <laughs> um. Never, never again. I'm sorry, Pixar, but you're going to have to get me on home video. Anyway, uh, okay, we're finally at the end. Thank you for staying with us for this very, very, very lengthy show. Um, but we're finally going to talk about the last movie of 2016 of note, and that is Assassin's Creed. Now, <laughs> please explain uh, to me... and. Are you a fan of this trailer for Assassin's Creed? I think it looks gorgeous. I don't I don't know if it's going to be any good. So the big thing about this movie that I've heard is that most of it takes place in the present day. Well then what's the what's the fucking point? Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> so did you play the games? Uh, no, but, uh, my brother used to play the games all the time. So I, I understand the concept and everything. Yeah. So all the games have like the premise of the game is that you, it's the present day and your genes have memories and you play the, through the, your ancestral memories. So like in ancient Greece or wherever, you know, Renaissance, Mm -hmm. Uh, Rome or Spain, I don't even know. You play through the past lives of your ancestors mm-hmm. and everyone hates the present day stuff. And everyone, you know, it's only worth playing for the, the stuff in the past. Mm-hmm. So, of course, you're going to make the movie and you'll make it all about the stuff that everyone hates. <laughs> uh, it seems like a budgetary thing. It has to be. You think so? Let's check out how much this movie costs because I feel like... I mean, this movie has also been in pre-production hell for a while, too. I remember they were supposed to make this movie back in, like, 2012, 2013. It's got a $200 million budget. That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, I know that. I know Michael. This has, like, been a... Weirdly, it's been kind of a passion project for Michael Fassbender. Is he, like, a big fan of the game? He must be. I know he's been trying to get this movie made for, like, five years at least. Hmm. And... Uh, I mean, it looks it looks cool. The, all the the past stuff, him free running and stabbing people. It, <laughs> it looks like the game. It looks really uh, well shot. It's from the same director as uh, Fassbender's Macbeth. Yes, which I tried to watch and uh, couldn't get through it. No, 
I no. didn't. I didn't. Haven't gotten to see it. It's. I mean, if if you're not a Shakespeare person, don't bother because um, it's very heavy Shakespeare. But it does yeah. look good, so I'll give him that. It did look good. Well, and you know, I find that interesting. That they're, I guess, I assume bringing that kind of sensibility to a video game adaptation. Adaptation. <laughs> Think about what <laughs> you just it said. Seriously. Oh, and okay. I thought you meant like taking a Shakespearean look at <laughs> video games. Yeah. Uh, um, I will point out though that Ubisoft is their name is on this movie, right? So they have some say in how this movie is made, and as we know. Ubisoft has, um, let's say, diluted their franchise of Assassin's Creed when it comes to yeah. the video games. So I have little faith in this movie. In fact, I don't know if I'm even going to see this movie. Um, it just looks... And again, nothing against Marion Cotillard, but uh, what the fuck is she doing in this movie? Like it, it, The trailers make it look like... she, she Every line that she gives in the trailer just looks like she phoned it in. And to me, the only person who looks like he even gives a shit is Michael Fassbender. So yeah, you know, it's always a it's a video game adaptation, so you really can't expect too much. Mm-hmm. That and that's unfortunate, but it is what it is. That's that's the best way you can put it. <laughs> I will say though, I feel bad for Jeremy Irons because he has to. He 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 literally went from Batman versus Superman to Assassin's Creed. I feel sorry for that man. Um, he was the best thing about Batman versus Superman. He was. No, he totally was. In fact, he may have been one, if not the best Alfred that we've had. It's unfortunate that he was in that movie, but you know, yeah, well, maybe Ben will fix it. Um, I hope so. And one going on IMDb and looking because the trailers, uh, fuck the trailer. The, the one weird thing that I found out about this movie is everyone loves Brendan Gleeson. He's you know he's great. He's a great actor. Yeah. Um he's in this movie. However, his son, Brian Gleeson, is also in this movie playing the younger version of Brendan Gleeson. That's interesting. Which, which that's very interesting. I I was like, "Oh my god, they actually put thought into something in this movie." <laughs> yeah. So that's that's interesting. Uh, also, um most people don't know, but uh, I how do you say his name? Uh Domhel, Domhel Gleason. I think it's I think it's Donal Gleason. Don't, that's that's weird spelling then. Yeah. Um. He's also the son of Brendan Gleason as well. Mm-hmm. So maybe maybe they could at some point have all three of them together, and then uh, he can chew the scenery just like in Force Awakens. I love it. I love <laughs> it. It's a you know that's a it's a strong acting dynasty there, the mm-hmm. Gleason family. Almost as good as the uh, Sarsgaard dynasty. Yeah. another foreign acting family Mm -hmm. so anyway that brings us to the end we we finally made it it took a while but we we literally reviewed every single movie coming out well not not so much reviewed we previewed every single movie coming out Uh, and it only took two and a half hours yeah um, sorry (laughs) (laughs) Sorry for making you sit through this whole thing, but uh, no, yeah, it's um, we did a thorough review. I feel we even had some good uh, some good side conversations. I'm sure we'll have maybe at some point we'll do a whole episode on why Hannibal is just better than everything else. Uh, you know, I could talk about Hannibal all day, every day, <laughs> and that one will be four hours long. Yes. <laughs> so anyway, um, you can uh, follow me on Twitter 
at uh, the underscore Brack Show, as well as my movie Twitter review, which is uh, at Smartass Reviews. Um, I've been a little lazy on that. I'm not going to lie. been a little lazy. Um, hopefully, I can start putting more reviews on there. I know I, I got plenty of reviews to talk about. Haven't talked about Sausage Party. Haven't talked about Don't Breathe, which I recently saw. Um, so hopefully, uh, pretty soon we'll, we'll get that up on there. And also if you want to follow the podcast on Twitter, it's at blah, blah, pod one. Eric, do you have any plugs? Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at Eric Wacker. I don't know why you would, but you can, if you want, you post some Uh, humorous things every so often. Hey, I try, I try. Uh, but yeah, I just, thanks for having me on. It's been great. Oh, my pleasure. And hopefully we'll have you back for the Hannibal show. (laughs) yes please do yes all right everyone uh good night stay safe and uh we'll see you next time that was a horrible outro (laughs) (laughs) stay safe people yes well you know these are some really bad movies coming out so we want to make sure people don't you know perform physical harm on, on themselves